you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. I'm Dustin Ross. This is the friend zone. And here's the news that you can use about Terry Crews. Muscular, but not sexy. Terry Crews has done it again. This time tweeting that we must ensure that black lives matter doesn't morph into black lives better. Thus confirming that four years after he attended that party, whiteness still has him by the balls. Next, we'd like to congratulate and wish Grammy Award winning singer Fantasia a happy 36th birthday. The singer is responsible for providing the title track to Black America's response to Terry Crews' tweets, When I See You. (laughs) When I See You. Woo! And finally, Virgil Abloh released his design of the cover art to rapper Pop Smoke's upcoming posthumous album, which was immediately panned by fans and critics as lazy and unacceptable. The design has since been pulled and will be changed. This has nothing to do with actor Terry Crews, but we gonna blame that nigga anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the Friend Zone, your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because who in the hell wants a musty brain? I know I don't. I know these two don't as well. Hey, friend, how are you doing? Dustin, your Zoom name this week, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can't didn't even, even read look at it. it. Out I look loud. down. I read it and I look right down. I was like, well, and we can't even. The read audience it out ain't loud. getting this one. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Look, Woo. period. Okay. <laughs> y'all ain't do right y'all now. Have any, do y'all have any announcements before we jump into this week's show? I actually do have an announcement this week. I, know I you am do. so thrilled <laughs> to announce that I actually did, you know, a dream realized. I've talked so frequently on this podcast for many years about how I really wanted to partner with Nike and, you know, I'm not an athlete, I'm not a model. So uh, finding the alignment to work with a premier athletic brand like that was, you know, a bit challenging, but God is. Look what happened. I partnered with Nike. Um, I was included (laughs) in their 2020 Be True campaign. Um, I'll be featured on Nike.com and the Nike app for 
quite some time uh, in the near future here, and I'm in conversation with Nike heptathlete Erica Bugard, who is super dope, super cool, has a great story, and she's top five, top five, top five in the world in her events on track and field. So yes. um, it was just dope, a dream come true. Huge, huge, huge thank you to everyone at Nike, um, NJ, uh, just the entire team NJ. over at Nike. NJ. Thank you guys so much. That just was a dream come true. I look forward to many, many more great moments with Nike team. And I'm just on the top of the moon, y'all. I'm so happy. So, And I love seeing everybody going up when you announced yeah. it online finally. Because everyone that listens to the show knows exactly knows. what a Nike collaboration means yep. to you. So we love to see it. We love to hear it. And y'all already know what to do. There's no Nike emoji, but... Go on ahead to Dustin Ross's Instagram. <laughs> Dustin, what's your Instagram? Look at Dustin. <laughs> and light it up. Y'all are crazy, but thank you light so it much. Up. <laughs> um, I also want to give highlight to my friend who I've talked about here before on the podcast, Councilman Antonio Brown um, in Atlanta, Georgia. He's doing some great, great, great things. And I actually uh, had the pleasure to go down this weekend and attend his march that he had uh to celebrate Pride Weekend and to also uh, give a highlight and focus to the fact that Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter, Black Gay Lives Matter. Um, and he did it really beautifully with a march across Midtown um, and a huge, uh, uh, basically, street party in the middle of Midtown. Josh J, friend of the show, yes. he also DJed it. Um, another one of my close friends, Antonio Newell, Forever Mister on Instagram, he spoke. Um, it was just a great Sunday, a great, great afternoon in Atlanta. So shout out to Antonio Brown, though. He's been doing great things on the city council and he's been really, really visible during this time of, of civil unrest um, that's been so necessary for us. So shout out to him. Always want to give highlight to people that are actually doing the work. So, yeah. Amen. Of course. Side note, how was the travel to Atlanta? Well, I was rude, rude and nasty. <laughs> See, I like for me, and I'm just gonna keep it real. Like, like right now, we are in a pandemic, and that has not gotten lost on me through everything else that's been getting my attention. Right. So I moved through the airport with um, an air of "Don't stand, don't stand so close to me," like Gangster Boo said. <laughs> in fact, when I was in uh, security in Atlanta, this lady walked up on me literally like it was just regular times at the airport, and I I turned around and visibly looked at her like what are you doing? And she apologized and backed that ass up like juvenile. So this is just a time where you got to be direct and clear, right. you know? Right. And so my boundaries was up and I didn't give a fuck. Nobody said next to me on the plane, on the way there or back. I was wiping and spraying and hoping and hoping and pushing <laughs> and, and, and wiping. Was and it was crowded? Were y'all packed no. like a regular flight? No. <sighs> not crowded, not packed. Plane was at, um, I'm not sure what capacity it was at, but there was no one sitting directly next to another passenger on the flight. Mm. Both Got going you. there and coming back. Oh, wow. So. Do you do you think that was intentional or just how it played out? Yeah, I definitely do. Because the middle there's no middle seat. Essentially, there's just the window seat and aisle. Mm. Oh, that's so interesting. And in so first class, there was no one next. They were, they were uh, staggered. Like staggered. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I have two trips I may be taking. And I was like, I don't yeah. know if I'm ready to go to the airport yet. But Ooh, I mean, I had I'd, the... I'm mask seeing people and traveling. Face yeah. You had the mask and face shield. Oh mm -hmm. shit. <laughs> yeah. 
And see, the pro tip, if you have to go to like a protest or a march where there is going to be a large crowd, the face shield allows you to have a little bit more interaction, you know, Mm. because it's not, you can see your entire face. It also gives you a chance to kind of be cute a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So the face shield is, is helpful. I felt like in the airport, I needed both though. So I feel you. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah, yeah I told you the that. face shield is the shit. Like mm-hmm. I prefer it, especially that it's getting hotter outside and so muggy. It's just a little bit harder to breathe. Oh, that one's cute. You got two more. Yes. Oh snap! I like that one. I just I'm like, don't I feel wish I... like it's as. I mean, I feel like it's effective, but if someone sneezes, those particles can travel up. That's why when Dustin said using both, I was like, yeah, that's probably gonna be me if I wear my face shield. Like I'm gonna still have my mask on because. Mm-hmm. I just be thinking about them damn particles traveling. Like the the media done painted in my head so vividly, and they said, "Hey, nigga, you smoke, so your your lungs gonna look like this." So I'm like extra like terrified to go anywhere or do anything. Hey, who? I don't watch Drag Race, but I know you guys. Yes. Do, right? So who? And shout out to I don't watch the show, but I do follow um, one of the I think premier cast members from the show. Is it Shea Kool Aid? Yes. Oh, me too. Shout out, yeah. Kool-Aid. Shout, out, shout out to Shea Kool Aid. Shout out to Shea Kool Aid. I don't even I watch the show. I don't even yeah. watch or know who anyone is, but I love Shea Coulee and I follow. I do too. <laughs> She's on this season. I love her stars. tweets. Love oh, her that's tweets. So, so shout out to Shea Coulee. Yes. But who is the dummy? One of them motherfuckers said uh, something stupid about coronavirus this weekend. Let me tell you uh, something. Asante, what happened? Uh, I, I don't even remember. Tear her ass up because she seemed real <laughs> stuck in her shit when she said that. And and there are so many people that listen to Drag Race, to uh, that watch Drag Race, rather. So just click clean her ass up. So there is a girl named... <laughs> Asante says so. I'm trying to remember her fucking name because I literally I've been rewatching all the seasons and I was just watching her when she was on there. But her name is Gia. I kept saying Gigi. Gia Gunn is a contestant or was a contestant on Drag Race and All Stars. This bitch gonna come clean the fuck out of nowhere and get on live and do a video and say, "Hey guys, I just want to say." I think that the coronavirus isn't real and like proceeds oh, to be a fucking idiot. Gia Gunn, she was she was like really uh, notable on Drag Race because she was one of the first and there have been a, a, more than a few, but she was one of the first to come out as trans on the show. There are certain people mm-hmm. that believe that because you are when you're doing drag, it's funny that there's this type of discrimination in all communities. But because you do drag, they there are certain people that say you have to be a man or you can't be a woman or transitioning or whatever. But there is a place for trans and drag. Let me just make sure I say that. Gia is one of those people who actually looks fantastic and is great at drag. But when it comes to opinions, this is the point that I've been trying to make. Not everyone should speak up or speak out about things. And Gia Gunn is prime example of that. I don't know what gave her the time of day to think that. Let me not Google and see all the facts and learn about coronavirus before I get on my platform and tell everybody that this shit is fake. Some of the contestants, um, one of them, Fifi O'Hara, she came forward and dragged Gigi's ass. I mean, Gia's ass and said straight up, like, I have family that has had coronavirus. My husband had it. Like, you need to stop. This is very problematic. It is real. And I and you got people that lost their motherfucking mother and father to this shit. You got people who done lost children, friends, close partners in they in relationship with, couldn't even go see them in the damn hospital, couldn't even properly grieve them with a funeral or in any way. And you gonna get your stinking ass on tele, on whatever you was on talking about this is a hoax like, and something that people made up. How you you ought to be ashamed of yourself because I guarantee you watching your ass on drag race was an escape for some of them people that was probably going through shit related to the motherfucking coronavirus. You gotta be careful when you open your mouth to talk about shit like that that's been proven. Hey, 
you want to be dumb you want to be on dumb like top model <laughs> you want to be on dumb do that shit in the privacy of your own home don't introduce that shit to all these audiences slapping people in the face that can't even grieve they lost motherfucking relatives with your stupid ass dumb <laughs> you want to be right. dumb well, just to bring that it back positively, dumb. I like that you started well, that out with... Shout out to Shea Coulee. I was just about to say, I love that you started that off with Shea Coulee. Shea Coulee, you are the shiz naive. She's from Chicago. She slayed every challenge on her season. She's slaying on All-Stars this season. Shout out to Shea Coulee. Love you much. Mean it much. Y'all can get back to what right. y'all was doing. And fuck, fuck you. Yeah, uh, Gia Gun. What you had to say, Gia Gun. Stupid ass. I don't care. People have <laughs> lives affected by this shit. Go ahead, friend. <laughs> and those of you that watch Drag Race... Jade and XD do recaps of every episode. I don't know what season they're on, but it's funny because I be listening. I don't know what they're talking about, but Jade uh-huh. and XD is so funny that I don't care. That <laughs> makes me actually want to watch the fact that they do recaps. Right? Just to be able to <laughs> yeah. keep up. I be listening. I know they're so ignorant. <laughs> and you know what? While we on shout outs, happy birthday to, to baby of our family, yes. ASAP Noah, daughter of Jade A$AP of all Jades. That birthday surprise that they gave her when they completely redid her room. Oh my god! I was there when she saw it. It was so cute because she did. First of all, Jade's daughter just turned seven on Sunday, and what Jade and Tristan. Uh, Jade's husband did is that they redid her entire bedroom. They gave her this cute loft bed that has the yes. desk underneath and like the bean bag. Literally turned it into like a kid's dream room. Yes, with her Barbie mansion and like yep. all her dolls and just really beautifully organized. They paint the room her favorite color, which is like a lavender. And she didn't know she's been at her grandma's house all week while they're working on it. Uh, and then she came home and she was just like, it's my birthday. And I was like, I know I came to, to be here for your birthday. And she was just so happy that we were there, not, uh-huh. not knowing that we were like not the best part of her <laughs> Just pure, just pure. pure. Just so pure. Aww. She was excited just to see us. And, and, uh, and then she went to her room to go put her stuff down and you just hear her screaming. <laughs> she just starts screaming. She's like, oh my God. And she tells Jade, my room looks so much better than yours now. <laughs> oh, no. And then she was just so overwhelmed. And I asked her, what was your favorite part? She's like, everything. Everything is perfect. Yeah. So that I saw the video happen. that her her dad, that Tristan posted. He posted. Um, oh, the big Tristan. Yes. And that look on her face. Like she the was, shock. That, that is worth every everything. Penny, every minute of labor. Every that, That's worth everything. And that's what's scary about parenthood to me. Right. Because to see that look, I know the links that I would go to. To Ooh. see that look on my kid's face. So when and I told kids, them. Never. Uh, <laughs> January 32nd. <laughs> you are silly oh my god no but honestly it was the sweetest thing and i told jade and tristan i was like i don't i can't think of a cooler present like yes. they did awesome yeah it's like great. her first big girl room yes you know? her first with the little desk i can't Uh-oh. she had her so little cute. chair and her we little laptop noah. stop it oh. <laughs> we love noah we, we love we've seen so that much. baby from you remember <laughs> 
It's so many memories. So, we ain't even gonna go down that road. Okay. But happy birthday, Noah. Happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Bushy. We done watched that baby grow up. We've seen that right. baby in her mama's stomach, okay? Yes. I can literally we have, like, been gauge there. my New York years because of Noah. <laughs> like she and poor Noah got a lot of eyes on she her. She don't even realize <laughs> so she's important to a lot of people. You get your ass jumped. By a lot of hands and feet. <laughs> I'm telling you, Noah. I'm telling you. I love and I love how she just be checking us and talking to yeah. us all crazy. Remember that? Calling day? us old and shit. Cracking on us. <laughs> I love Forcing Noah. me to play with her dolls. Remember that day I played with her? I played dolls. I don't remember why we was over her house. And she had just me um, playing dolls with her and I tried to make my way out. And she's like, You're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part of Noah. She is like ready. She has such the personality. Like she does. Uh, we had she's a, such a um, perfect child. I don't know if it was one of her aunts. So someone gave her like a really cute tea set. And she uh, was like, Fran, you know you want to play tea with me. I was like, Of course I do. I'm the up. exact person to be here to play tea with you. <laughs> And we watched the BET Awards while we drank tea. See, <laughs> Classy. Balance. It She's was a wonderful absolutely child. Absolutely amazing. But happy birthday, ASAP Noah. We love you so much. And shout out to Jade. Drade. You hear me? Drade. Mm-hmm. Jade and Drake. Tristan. Drake <laughs> That's and their Jade. relationship name, Drade. Uh, Jade and Tristan for being the coolest Jade on OVO on Earth. now. Okay. <laughs> Drade. Drade. So are you guys ready for this week's black business? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Only if it's the blackest. <laughs> this one actually is the blackest. That's what I like to hear. Love to hear so, it. So you know our friend Joshua Kissy, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. So with the he, wife with the cool name. Come on, Mectus. <laughs> Shout out to Mectus too. So he created a website called C in Black. That's S-E-E-I-N-B-L-A-C-K. And when you go to the website, it says, with the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, David McAtee, Donnie McDade, Tony McDade, excuse me, and other black people at the hands of law enforcement, CM Black formed as a collective of black photographers to dismantle white supremacy and systemic oppression through the sale of highly curated original images from black photographers we raise funds to support causes that align with our vision of black prosperity. We stand in solidarity with our greater black family to take immediate action for the improvement of black lives. Our intention is to replenish those that we've been nourished by. So 100% of profits from this website will go to their partners. When you click on the page showing who their partners are, you'll see that it's Know Your Rights Camp which is Colin Kaepernick's organization dedicated to advance the liberation and well-being of black and brown communities, the Youth Empowerment Program, which is a New Orleans-based org that engages underserved young people through community-based education, mentoring, and employment readiness, the National Black Justice Coalition, which is a civil rights organization dedicated to the empowerment of black, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and same-gender loving people, including people living with HIV AIDS, the Bail Project, which is a national nonprofit org designed to combat mass incarceration, and lastly, the Black Futures Lab, an org that engages black voters year-round, using our political strength to stop corporate influences from creeping into progressive policies. So these are, as Joshua writes, we raise funds that support five key pillars I can't speak today. Five key pillars. Yes, you can. Retrograde. 
of Black Advancement, Civil Rights, Education and Arts, Intersectionality, Community Building, and Criminal Justice Reform. So essentially, it's 80-plus Black photographers who have come together and put all of their top images on this site for sale with 100% of the profits supporting these organizations that I just mentioned. This is brilliant. Brilliant. And the site, once again, is called See in Black. And when you click it, it has all the photographers listed, a lot of our personal faves, um, as including Joshua's work as well. And you can click through it and you'll see some of the most beautiful images, which is really exciting, too, because I know a lot of us are nesting right now. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's the perfect time to uh, re-up on a lot of our art, especially art that focuses and showcases beautiful black people. So definitely check that out. Once again, seeinblack.com, S-E-E-I-N-B-L-A-C-K. And that is this week's Black Business. Shout out to Josh. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. That's real, real black. Wasn't that amazing? I love that. Mm -hmm. He he be coming up with the most bomb projects all the time. Shout out to the Taurus men. (laughs) He's also a part of Beyonce's Black is King project that's dropping on Disney July 31st. You just said that so you could prove it is the blackest. I like that friend. I like that. (laughs) Just a little extra black. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, shout out to Disney Plus. Okay, July 31st. Shout out to that. I I was like, okay, Joshua, he shouted that out on Twitter that he was, you know, honored to be a part of that. So our friends are all doing exceptional work. And we love to see it. And we love to see it. And that's it for this week's Black Business. Are you guys ready to jump into the recap segment? Yeah, but right before we do that, I just was reminded when you said LGBT, I'm so sorry, and I'm going to let you finish because, you know, I'm random as hell. There was a challenge on Drag Race, right? And I got mad all over again. And Gia's ass, because she's trans, and the number that her line was, I put the T in LGB, and she fucked it up. And it was so perfect. I'm sorry. Continue. Oh, my God, your brain. Well, that makes perfect sense because based on what I know of her ass, she dumb. So go ahead, friend. (laughs) What? I'm trying to see the connection. So <laughs> she's a moron. Ain't um, no connection. Just like with her brain neurons, new with her fucking. Don't even get me started, man. Because that pissed me off so bad. Me you too. got people breaking down in tears, losing people. That shit. Hurts I can't so even bad. go see my family and shit. And this bitch is on here talking shit about the coronavirus being a hoax. Like on the patio doing a video trying to make it seem like everything's all good. Like that shit. Pushing up her glasses in the middle of her face with her dumb ass talking about it's a hoax. Sorry for that. If you don't get your motherfucking, uh, you goddamn television personality. (laughs) If you don't get your ass back on TV where you need to be and quit talking about shit you don't know what you're talking about. Entertain. Terry Crews. Entertain. Gia Gunn. That's all we need you to do. Sorry, friend. She's just so damn dumb. So no, go ahead, go ahead my brothers. So Get it out your system. So on Ugh. last week's episode titled Old Boy from Beale Street, <laughs> <laughs> it was a shoot the shit episode. There were no hot buttons, no segments, just whatever came up. And a lot came up because our audio was fucked up. <laughs> Shout out to <laughs> Mercury Retrograde. What else could we blame? Shout okay. out to the fireworks that kept our editor up all night. I don't know And what Terry Crews. And Terry <laughs> Crews. Okay. And shout out to y'all for tweeting us down for the week, for the whole week, really. Just mm-hmm. reminding us that the audio was fucked up. We saw we, all of them. Every single one. Each we tried one. our best to fix it. <laughs> Each one. And we knew it was messed up, too. <laughs> 
So as always, those of you listening had a lot to say. So who stood out to you, Asante? Well, friend, I decided to run you over. I am in the SoundCloud streets. A few people stood out to me. Um, I want to get. I want to start off with Amberlynn. Shout out to Amberlynn. She always comes through. I'm gonna give you my uh, friend zone. I mean, my switch code. I promise. I just need to fix my island. Anyway, Amberlynn said, "Y'all saw that video of Jaro performing at a house party of YTs talking about this is how you have a safe concert. Mind you, none of them has masks and we're all up in each other's spaces. That was a whole petri dish. I I chose that because." <laughs> I just keep seeing these videos of like gatherings centered around, uh, you know, a social distance gathering, but people not wearing masks. I get that that's going to happen because, you know, when you're trying to talk and stuff because you had a gathering, you're not going to have a mask on. I just implore you all to use social distancing as a way of not being social on media because the conversation is going to continue to come up, especially as the pandemic is going up and down about um you know it's going to continue to come up on whether you're being safe or not so i just feel like everybody should avoid all vehicles at all cost by just not posting necessarily when they're out and about unless they're doing something essential or whatever and again it's your you all social media so do whatever you want but that's just a tip that i would like to offer i would like to also point out uh alligar booty she responded or this person responded to miss cookie's uh question what are you all are talking at the same time is this on purpose um alligar booty says i think the mercury retrograde affected the audio well i would like to say the friend zone we have delivered to you all on a weekly basis regularly with minimal audio discrepancies so please bear with us and continue to love us because we love you enough for them to not let me get in your mentions. And that's all I'm going to say. Friend, what did you find in those SoundCloud streets? <laughs> not for them to not let me. So on SoundCloud, Honey Bee said, so I'm a public health specialist and I do contact tracing for COVID in the Midwest. And it's wild speaking to people who have it and have only been to the grocery store versus seeing other people pretending it doesn't exist at all. Be safe out here, loves. And it is interesting too seeing like I think that's what's been the most confusing part about all of this. I know personally people who have not been social at all, with the exception of grabbing their groceries or whatever like, you know, necessities <clears throat> and essentials on a day to day and ended up getting it and then you see people living their best lives socializing <laughs> and they're fine. Like it's like what the Am fuck? I gonna catch it from being cooped up? I mean, a lot of people are. It's just, it seems very tricky, you know? That's why, I don't know. That's why I was saying last week, I just stay my ass home. I really have only seen Jade and Crystal. Mm-hmm. I miss y'all. I miss you guys, too. Like, they're the only two people I've seen. Jade, I see weekly, obviously, because of her, sh- you know, we're filming her cooking and cocktail shows. Uh, but me and her do that by ourselves, so it's not right. like we have a whole crew or, or staff, you know? So... I don't know. It's interesting. I also wonder, like, what you know, how long this is gonna be? If it's just gonna be a couple of years, because people are like, "Oh, twenty twenty is over." I'm like, "Yeah, it might be beyond that." You, we just don't know. Okay. Ooh. But Dustin, what did you find in the Twitter streets? That's where I'm at, and I found a tweet from random black girl whose handle is at futuristic girl seven. And by the way, the random black girl thing was her words, not mine. <laughs> 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 Just to be clear. Okay. He's like, I, I found a no random smoke. black girl. But, uh, 
But she tweeted, yo, I just rewatched the Grapevine TV episode on Insecure Season 3, and look at Dustin predicted the ending of Season 4 right there. He what? said Lawrence and Issa would end up sleeping together, and a long-term consequence will come up, such as a pregnancy. He was right. That's why. And so I went back. Shout out, first of all, shout out to the good folks at the Grapevine yes. TV, um, all them all my peoples, but... I went back and watched the episode, and here's the audio of what I had to say about season four. four. And what I would like to see happen, I think that Issa and Lawrence will successfully navigate the waters of like this new relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they'll play nice and be adults. I think that her love life will flourish otherwise and his too. Mm -hmm. I think that they'll have some sort of conversation later on where they talk about their growth and their progress, and I think they're gonna end up and sleeping together. Yes. And it'll be like a long-term yes. consequence of some sort. Like so yeah y'all you see i predicted it i said that Issa and lawrence was gonna come back around get back together and there would end up being a long-term consequence of some sort just like a pregnancy and there's a song by um tupac um and the, called outlaws or whatever May, it's called Made Niggas by Tupac and the Outlaws. And he there's a bar in the song where he says, call me a prophet because I predicted what's going to happen. So, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. There it is. I'm on my Tupac Shakur <laughs> shit, nigga. Like, call me a prophet because I predicted what's going to happen in season four. So, so there's that. Shout out to uh, The Grapevine TV. Then the second uh, tweet I want to highlight comes from Stess the MC, S-T-E-S-S the MC, who said, hey, if Nuck If You Buck is your protest song, please be aware that Lil J Works, who is the producer of the song, is a Trump supporter. His Instagram account is Lil J on the track. No more Lil J also, track. Killa C, the last verse on the song, mm -hmm. was found guilty of molesting his then six-year-old little brother. What the Feel fuck? Feel free to retweet. Yeah, so that. Nuck If You Buck. It's a song with a whole lot of uh, bones that fall out the closet when you open them doors. Up. I'm so glad that one you... of which being Little Jay being an active Trump supporter, wearing MAGA hats and posting propaganda on all of his social media handles. I was tired of Nuck If You Buck anyway. To me, it's turning into, you know, Apple Bottom Jeans. You know, it's turning into one of them songs. So I'm straight. Y'all can have it. I'm good. I'm going to revisit this during the Music Man segment. Fair. Oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> And speaking of, just to tack on to Dustin predicting season four of Insecure, the Mystic Zone strikes again. This time with a twofer. Mm. So we were singing the Taina song. Yes. Wasn't that last week or yes. was that the week before? <laughs> the week before. Mm -hmm. And then Dustin was singing whatever the hell that song is that it's they're taking. <laughs> underneath the challenge where people are pouring water on their babies which is a terrible challenge by the way and so someone sent us a video of taina herself her motherfucking self <laughs> pouring water on her baby so i was like so stop random. it so random <laughs> when worlds collide for real when worlds collide i'm sorry but we were taken out by that because those are two of the most random things that found their way to each other. That found mm -hmm. their way to each other because that's just how the Mystic Zone rolls. I had to put that out there. With that being said, are you guys ready to jump into this week's episode? Oh, let sure. do it. Hey, oh, let do it. Hey, HBCU fam. Get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. 
Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. <laughs> so I, when I've, obviously I've been spending a lot of time at Jade's house and her husband and I got into a really cool conversation a couple of weeks back where, oh, I wouldn't say cool, but it was interesting because mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty heavy. A conversation about the the different types of racism that we have mm. experienced, because as you know, there's covert, mm. <laughs> there's overt, and then there's systemic, and we had convos just kind of un, uh, unlayering how when you're younger and growing up, you experience things that you don't even realize in the moment is happening until maybe later when you're older and have the language for it. Or when, you know, you're more informed and you start reading more or just hearing more discourse, especially online, that we always talk about how much more access we have to academia and just different people breaking things down in ways that are a little bit more palatable for us. And so we got into this conversation and it was just so interesting hearing his experiences. And then I was sharing mine and we were just like, what the fuck? Like the shit that <laughs> that you go through, especially as a kid, that you just have no idea is happening. And now with people filming every week at this point or every day, I should say, someone new doing something to them, whether it's spitting at them, cursing at them for just walking, for just sitting on <sighs> their stoop. I mean, it's so layered and so it made me <laughs> wonder what your experiences have been. And obviously those are listening since we always share the platform with our listeners of things that you've experienced growing up in the different cities that you guys came from. That's my favorite part, too. We're all coming from different major cities and people love to say, oh, such and such city doesn't really have racism. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh, I didn't experience that, you know, or it's different here. Uh, I remember I had that convo with Maya once about Canada and she was like, oh, yeah, people say that about Canada all the time. But Canada is the U.S. with a smile. Mm, (laughs) It's just as racist. It's just with a smile on it. It's just a little bit kinder. And that's what got me thinking about the more covert forms of racism that we've experienced where it kind of takes a second to hit you that it's even happening because it's not someone yelling the N word or spitting on you or, you know, doing more deliberate, intentional forms of it. And so before we get into the stories, because I definitely want to hear your your sides of it, I found this graphic. Um, I don't know if you guys can see that. Mm-hmm. It's like a pyramid graphic. I tried to do a, a what is this, what is it called? When you do the, the image Delta. drop. <laughs> no. oh. When you do the image drop. Is that the right term on, yes. on Google to try to find yes. out like where this graphic came from? Because I wanted to give like whoever... on catfish, right? Like on catfish, <laughs> I wanted mm-hmm. to make the I wanted to give the creator uh, credit. But when right. you go and do this, so many people have posted this that it's damn near impossible to know who created it. Yeah, but... You ain't F Simone. <laughs> <laughs> you giving credit oh, where it's due. You ain't F Simone. I I cannot even. <laughs> Baby, God. Oh. That was a good one. <laughs> so, 
I'm going to go with the first one that popped up, assuming that that's the earliest. I don't even know if that's how the shit works, but we're just going to go with that. So the image source goes back to Safe House Progressive Alliance for Nonviolence. They posted this back in 2005. That's the earliest one I saw. But what they created that's is a pyramid. Right. right? They created mm-hmm. a pyramid of overt white supremacy, which they titled Socially Accept- Socially Unacceptable Forms of Racism which is things like lynching, hate crimes, blackface, the N-word, swastikas, Nazis, <laughs> burning crosses, racist jokes, racial slurs, and the KKK. Oh, y'all. Oh, y'all. And then you have covert white supremacy, which is the socially acceptable forms mm. of racism. Mm-hmm, like, like voting Republican. <laughs> Becoming a cop. Like, like oh, <clears throat> hello, like calling the police on black people. Mm. Like no saying hats allowed. Mm. <laughs> no hats allowed. Mm. We're gonna get into mm. that because Tristan and I were talking about that. Uh people saying they don't see color. Um, white parents self-segregating neighborhoods and schools. And not whooping their kids. <laughs> Eurocentric curriculums, the white savior complex, spiritual Ooh, bypassing, uh education funding from property taxes. Mass incarceration, respectability politics, tone policing, stop and frisk, housing discrimination. Unfortunately, the socially acceptable side of the pyramid is quite large, so I can't even read it all on the show Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or we'll be here all day. But you guys Mm -hmm. get the drift. Obviously, we experience this on a regular basis. But I just wanted to put that out there for people who may be unaware of what the covert and overt and just for definition's sake. Right. Mm -hmm. Racism. Is the human rights and uh, according, excuse me, to the Human Rights and Equal Opportunity Commission, they define racism as a belief that gives expression to myths about other racial and ethnic groups that devalues and renders inferior these groups and that reflects and is perpetuated by deeply rooted historical, social, cultural and power inequalities in society. So the overt forms, like I mentioned earlier, are direct. They're deliberate acts of intolerance and hatred perpetuated by individuals or groups. This is the public forms of it. The covert are indirect. They're more of the racist ideas, attitudes, or beliefs in subtle, hidden, and secretive forms. And then systemic, these are woven into the fabric of the political, economic, and social structures of our country. So those are the three that I want us to focus on today. So with that being clarified and said, let's start with the more overt forms of racism that you have experienced in your years of life since you have been here. Whoever wants to start. Okay, I know that this is not funny, right? But I'm from the South and I guess this oh boy. I guess this is like one of those things where if you're a person that is not of color listening, like this is kind of to give you introspection into why black people go so hard on jokes because yes. the shit is not funny, but like there are things that we have to laugh off in order to like, you know, keep moving. So when you say overt, like I can just think of like the times I've like been like actually called something. Mm. There is, a, and this is not funny, but there was one time because you know you, you see words used and you're thinking like, damn, that's fucked up, or like I, I'd be somebody ass if they ever called me that. All I know is a long, long, long time ago, back when I was living in Atlanta, I was getting gas at a gas station. This man asked me for some money. I ain't give it to his ass. 
And he called me a blaggit. A blaggit? Yes. So he was mad for two reasons. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, three, really. But I just thought it was so crazy that, like, the word, it made me laugh so hard. I just couldn't believe that, like, like it was happening to me. I think that was the the main thing. Like, it was just, like, not only are like you... A, like a shock to your system. <laughs> yeah, because... You can't even react. Like, I couldn't do nothing but laugh because it was like, I mean, you calling me this, but, like, you know, not that it doesn't hurt because, I mean, it didn't really hurt. But it was like the nerve of you to think that you can say some shit like that and get away with it. But I couldn't even really get there because of the position he was in. It was so that's why I kind of had to laugh that off. But there have been situations that are just like, you know, people calling you things. Like I haven't experienced anything that I felt like was super life threatening. But I have experienced things where people feel like they had a right to like come at me just based off the color of my skin. Even if I've done like literally, I haven't even opened my mouth. So, like, the name calling has always just kind of made me laugh. But those videos that I see where the people, the and it's usually people that are under some sort of influences, and I'm talking about these white people, they're just coming up out of nowhere deciding to say, go back to Africa and all this shit. I've, n- I've never experienced that type of racism because I think, damn, th- this is a whole nother conversation. I was going to say I've experienced it. From a black woman telling me that I need to go back to Africa with my bullshit, but that's a whole. Wait, who? what? A who? black woman? Who? The famous name names the, or keep it on the, the playground. The, in, the infamous Boston video of oh, K. Shit. Michelle, okay. stupid ass. Got you. And you know what? I think I, I think now is a good time, right? Now is a good time for me to say I'm not even mad that you know at what she did. It was what she was saying. And now is a good time for me to double back to what she was saying to me was so disrespectful. And it's I'm not trying to play a victim or anything like that. I just didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. Like, I had worked for this website and this woman was attacking me about an article written about her on this website. But I didn't have any ties to this article whatsoever. So for her to tell me, uh, go back to Africa with my Afro... And, like it was so which is crazy like girl it was like because we didn't see so her an- braids so we saw her braids when she got her wig pulled off and, and that's the so thing. we know where her hair look like up underneath that's the wig. thing i've always been here for black women i've always been here for black women not even black people like i love black people but black women specifically because i grew up in a house with women like my mom my sister my dad wasn't very present i grew up in a house full of black women so i've always known that women are treated differently. So I think I've always reacted. Like, whenever I've seen a woman being harassed, I've always gone to her like, girl, you need help? Like, I've always done that. So when this woman attacked me, I didn't even use it as the opportunity to go back into reading her. Because I understand, you know, girls be having bad weave days and all that. But, like, don't be coming at people when you're looking crazy. And then you're attacking full-on race. Like, the only race that I full-on attack attack is white people. And that's because they continue to prove me right. Like, outside of that, I don't buy into any other thing, really. Like, I don't buy into the whole, like, let's be offensive to any other cultural community. I just, well, not intentionally, rather. I, I might do it. Somebody might try to come back and cancel me for some shit. I don't fucking know. I just know I do not purposely. And I usually go out my way to be like, let me not do this because... I don't not because I feel like I'm going to do something insensitive, but because I just want to keep people in my mind and my heart, because I truly think that everybody, people should be happy, not at the expense of, you know, trying to say that I don't want white people to feel like black people going to have it better. But to the extent that we all should just be able to live our fucking life, like I shouldn't be, have to be taking out my step just because you see the color of my skin and it offends you. Like there's <clears> literally no point to that, which going back to. Can the I beginning, add one thing to I this laugh. discussion since I was there? 
Yes, just please. Just one thing to this K Michelle discussion yes. since I was yes, there. Yes, please, please. I, I, we were at the season two premiere of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta when this happened. Poor um, Jocelyn. And in here in New York. And she was, what happened was, it's one thing for K Michelle to have an issue with the way that a media outlet would shout out to Bossip because I love Bossip. Shout out to Danny Canada and everybody over at Bossip. I fuck with y'all. Oh, hey, Danny but girl. Michelle, so, shout, so shout out to Bossip. But if K Michelle had an issue with Bossip, she should have taken that up with them. And K Michelle was wrong as hell for making personal attacks to you about something she had an issue with the media outlet about. She was wrong for that. I haven't supported her music since that happened. And that's why Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis read her down to the ground at the uh, Soul Train Awards on the stage when they said that if you was going to sample the song that they produced, you got to at least sing it right. After she performed um, um, The Rain, where she sampled Can You Stand The Rain by New Edition with a whole bunch of auto-tune. So life always gives you right back to you. And you know, continue. You know I love music, so it's like I really want to give her the leeway of discussing her just as an artist and like forget all that other stuff but it's just so hard when someone continues to treat people terribly and i think that's like my i actually love her music and it hurt me that she was so disrespectful and rude to you and i couldn't wholeheartedly support her music anymore because it's not even enjoyable for me to listen to and i really was a fan of her but you know that just showed me something else and she was wrong for that and that's why i'm not gonna be rude i'm not i'm sorry i'm not not gonna be rude I know this was not the direction that we were supposed to go into, but I think that what does affect me more than racism is like this black, like when black people, because Terry Crews is just too timely for this. Like, I just can't. Oh, I I can't even find the words. (laughs) Please Go ahead, Dustin. But when it's so internalized that we uphold it ourselves and that's the problem, especially, especially that that's the angle she would take in trying to attack you. We're talking about your hair and your skin and talking about go back to Africa. And it's just like we have to deal with it day in and day out from white people and then battling each other with it as well. Like, it's like, come on. That's especially when you're on a show like Love and Hip Hop, which I know people have their issues with Love and Hip Hop because it's black people fighting or it's black people arguing. I personally, I I love Love and Hip Hop's franchises because it's black people regardless of what they're doing on there, because some of that shit is super problematic and it's terrible, but I just love the fact that black people have this platform and some of them use it, some of them try, because, you know, you can't really affect, you know, the people above that that want to twist that shit to make some money, but some of them really try to get on there so they can showcase their businesses, they can show that they're still relevant in industries, that they're doing good things in their community. Like, these people are people trying to, like, do good as far as on the entertainment front, and then there are certain people that just know that they have to buy into being a villain to be entertaining. So, like, I try to take the good with the bad when it comes to black people doing certain things that people are going to find offensive. So, not to go too far, I know you were going to get into, you know, clothes, that's why I'm all here for black people dressing raggedy in really good spaces. Because I remember going to school and, you know, white people with their Birkenstocks putting their feet up on everything when a black person can't even show their cool ass sock. Not even that they want to take their shoe off. They just want to show off their fucking sock. And then they get called <laughs> up. You got to keep your shoes on in the classroom. This young lady has had her feet all over <laughs> the desk and you're not saying <laughs> shit to her. Racism. Sorry. Continue, friend. Because, you know, I'm going, oh. Well, I, I can tell you about overt racism yes, for sure. Please. Um, I grew up in the Midwest in Flint, Michigan. And when I was in the fourth grade, this white boy named Peter Peterson called me a nigger at school. Wow. What? Yeah. In class? Mm-hmm. I, outside. We were on the field outside Ooh, playing Jesus around and he Christ. called me a nigger and I fought him. 
And I got kicked out of school for that for, you know, like, like a week or some shit like that. But that was the first time somebody called me a nigger. But that's OK, because, see, I didn't even realize at that time that God had already done his work because I just told you the motherfucker's name was Peter Peterson. So he got to go through life named Peter Peterson. <laughs> There it is. I ain't even got to get you back. God already got you for me. So that was the first time I got called a nigger. Let's keep it moving. When I was, let me see, my sister was five and a half years older than me. So I had to be about 12. Um, and we were at my sister's open house, uh, which was a, in a neighborhood, an area, a suburb of Flint that was predominantly white um, and very racist. And my cousins and I were walking outside of the venue where uh, the event took place. It was her graduation open house celebration for her graduating high school. And it was nighttime. The event was wrapped up. My parents and aunts and family were inside, like packing shit up, you know, breaking it down. Me and my younger cousins that were my age were outside just chilling, playing around talking shit outside and this was a clubhouse at a huge apartment complex and this white man came up asking us what we were doing or, or saying we had we were walking through the parking spaces or something but he was fucking with us because we were three young black kids outside mm, and I was vocal um, and I remember now that my parents I remember my parents and uh, my brother and them talking shit about the fact that I was speaking up and talking back to this guy but I was vocal and getting him up off of me and my cousins. And then my aunt and my dad, I got my dad and my brother and my uncles and everybody came outside and it became a different situation. Um, and But I remember that vividly to this day. You want to take it into adulthood? I was working with the United Auto Workers in Michigan and um, we were building a labor union for uh, people who received uh, funds from the government to for babysitting, right? Like childcare. Um, so we built a labor union called Child Care Providers Together Michigan, and we had to go out and go door to door to this database of people who were receiving this check from the state. Um, and this put us in some of the most rural areas of northern Michigan, very outside of large metropolitan areas where the homes were one and two miles apart, no sidewalks, no streetlights. I can't tell you how many times we were called niggers and doors were slammed in our face. Wow. Get off our fucking lawn and all that. And we talked shit back. You know, we was walking to the car because I ain't crazy. <laughs> we was talking shit back, you know. But that type of Ooh. racism exists and is alive and well overt racism is not dead and it's only become more emboldened in the current trump administration because of his support of that right so there you have they, it. they have government backing at this yep. point see i didn't have to i didn't i don't remember overt forms like people calling me names until i moved to ohio ohio <laughs> Midwest, yeah when yep, i moved friend. to ohio for college that was a mind fuck because I'll never forget, you know, in college when you get a little bit of money together and you're like, yo, let's go get McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Like that's like the highlight of the week when you can go mm -hmm. get some food mm -hmm. outside of the cafeteria food. So that was like the weekend, <laughs> you that's know, college shit. <laughs> you just hype like, yo, we can get fucking trash food. So we would go to Popeye's or whatever and we walked, we drove somewhere far because we didn't know. All of us were from different cities. Mm -hmm. um, my roommate was from Compton. You know, mm -hmm. I'm coming mm -hmm. from Harlem. Our other friends were from PG County. So we're mm -hmm. all like learning. Y'all just knew. Y'all was going to find yeah, a way away from that Yeah, we're just learning Ohio. <laughs> 
So we drove to some place. We don't. We didn't know it was a sundown town. I didn't even know what that mm-hmm. meant. I don't um, know what that means. That well, means that get means out of the town before sundown. Like I, I exactly. feel like I know what it means, but I do not. My body does not know what that means. Right. But we didn't it's know weird that too, shit. Because that's a southern thing. That's a very southern mm-hmm. thing. That sundown mm-hmm. town. So right. So we pull up and we see you know all the the F one fifty ass trucks and the confederate flag so already my heart beating a little fast i never experienced it but i already knew like yeah you know we read about this shit (laughs) you've seen this in the movies and documentaries i was like maybe we should just like not go in there and my other friend was like fuck that we gonna get food (laughs) i'm hungry (laughs) our dumb asses go in it's like five girls five black girls at that and it was straight out of a movies. The men with the long beards and the mm. leather jackets. And it had like different patches that I don't know what they meant. And the person um, and, and the dude literally said to us, like, we don't serve the N word straight up. Wow. And I was almost like waiting for her to laugh, like the girl that was serving the food. Cause I was. <laughs> Not that that's funny in any way, even if she was joking, but I think I was in such shock. Like, yo, y'all for real? We don't serve ends? Like, what? And they pulled, and she pulled away. The guy pulled away, and they all walked off to the back where the the friars are and let us know. Like, you don't get served here. It's just not an option. And then the dudes from the table started slowly getting up. Because they saw that we didn't immediately leave. I think we were more in shock, kind of like what you were saying, Asante. It's like when it hits your system, you're just like, what the fuck? Mm-mm. And they got up slowly, straight out of a movie, to kind of let us know, like, we ain't fucking around. Like, get the fuck out. And we left. Of course, my roommate from Compton left saying she was screaming at them, cursing them out. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, girl, we about to get killed. But we got back in our car, and I remember just being so stunned. Like, wow, that was my first experience. Ooh, I at, hope they all did. I hope all of probably, them Probably, because I was 18, and they were already old. But that, they're somewhere rotting in the goddamn dirt. <laughs> but for you to talk to five 18-year-olds like that, yeah, you, that are clearly rotten, from ooh. the neighboring college just coming to get some food after stu- you know, after class, like, what the fuck? Like, we didn't come in there bothering nobody. It just was so shocking to our system. We never forgot that. It really kind of changed how we moved in Ohio, too, after yeah. that. Because it was not that fun college thing of like, yeah, let's do this, let's do that. Now mm. we had to, like, do our research and ask the, no- the the locals and the natives, like, is this cool? Is this place cool? Are we good? And it was just such a shock for me to have to deal with that not saying that new york isn't racist as fuck right. because it's extremely extremely racist. i mean you see in most of the videos that are coming up online are from new york you know white women yelling at people on the street yeah, so it's not that parents yeah it's just that i have not dealt with anyone calling me the n-word it just hadn't been in my experience and so that was definitely some fucked up shit can I tell you? You know, <laughs> go, go ahead, Asante. I was gonna say it's something about that N word that like really hits different. <laughs> cause when some, like different, cause that's why Blaggett took me out. Like it was like like the word fag just never did anything for me anyway. Like somebody be like fucking faggot, I'd be like please, like I can still beat your ass. Like it just never like did anything like for me. But like that hard R and all that. Like I remember, <laughs> this is I cannot believe I, I made it out alive. Actually, now I'm thinking about this shit. 
I used to sell Kirby vacuum cleaners way back in the day. <laughs> That's a good vacuum. It's a good a vacuum. Kirby is, you have a Kirby for 30 motherfucking years. Let me tell you something. <laughs> the money that you could make selling Kirby vacuums. And I remember looking at that vacuum thinking this shit looks like it's from the 50s. Like there are new ones. No one's going to buy this shit. But I was working with a, a black man. This black man, he told me like all you literally need to do is sell five, five vacuum cleaners a week and you good. So it's not like you got to go out here and sell 10, 15 to be alive. So even though these vacuums are expensive, just sell you five good ones and you good. We went to this woman's house, like, it was some door-to-door shit, so I was really, like, fucking terrified. This is, like, the seventh or eighth house we've been to, made two sales, so I'm, like, really in this shit. This white woman is talking to us casually, then invited us into her home. She's letting the, the dude, like, take the vacuum apart, and, like, cause, you know, we have to do the demonstration. In the middle of the conversation... She just goes, you two are the loveliest niggers I've ever had in my no, home. No, Asante. Friend. <laughs> Friend. <laughs> like, no. casually. And I will no. never forget when me and this man stopped <laughs> and looked at each other. We... <laughs> 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 what the... Like... I played, it, I played it back in my head. Like, her watching him take this... <laughs> him apart and all this shit and she was really like sizing up like some slave work what did y'all say oh well, thank god she did this after the vacuum was put back together and <laughs> she was pretending she was finna buy one this was the first time i think i really like learned about some morality shit because she wanted to buy one or two vacuums but he immediately was like we can the hell up out of here like yeah no i give we didn't shit. even like like <laughs> told me in the car like i remember because he was an older black man and i love the fact that he was like the mentor type. So he was really about like teaching lessons. He wasn't just going to be like, right. oh, hell no, slap the bitch, which I would have been cool with. But when we got in that car, he was like, don't ever let anybody test your integrity. Don't say nothing against Period. them. Just take your stuff. Keep it moving. Don't let them don't let them into your energy because that woman right there, she's evil. She's been evil. like he was like going off on the lessons of her. And I just thought it was so insane. Yo, I'm stunned. Like, friend, we was in that house too because for about 30 the fraud minutes. Laws. The fraud laws was different <coughs> back then. So I, you only got to sell five. I'd have left out of there with a smile, and that bitch, bitch would have got 15 vacuums in <laughs> two to three business days. I would have ran her motherfucking car through not the roof. Is you crazy? Vacuum. Listen, had, had you not had to sign them like, uh, you know, them papers, and they'd be like five together and all them copies and shit, had it not mm-hmm. been that type oh, yeah. of form. Oh, girl probably would have ended up with a, with a bunch Back of them. Back then, you can get away with it. I'd have had that bitch porch looking like a Rosie convention. Remember that? The maid on the Jetsons, Rosie, <laughs> that vacuum that would move around by itself. That's what her bitch front lawn would have been looking like, a Rosie convention fucking with me. I've always what been adventurous, but I definitely learned at that moment, like, all right, well, door-to-door sales ain't for me. Like, I'm just not no about to continue ain't. to walk up in no stranger's house. Because thank God it was just that old woman. Had it been some <laughs> white men in the house playing cards or something, I don't know. I just thank You're God. You're a lovely nigger, Santa. Oh my <laughs> God. It was so, like, me and him I looked at each other. I don't even know how I would have reacted, honestly. I don't know. Like, how do you react in that moment? You're just so taken aback. Like, yo, what the fuck? Mind <laughs> you, I was like 19 years old. Like, we were selling vacuums and I was trying to get out my call center job. So I'm just glad that that man was there with me at that time because I was so stunned. I was like, what like i didn't know what and i had i done the wrong thing you know i could have gone down a whole different life path you black out and bust over the head with the damn kirby shit and and clean it up (laughs) (laughs) then been like i don't know your honor okay you talking about that bitch would have been a vacuum line fuck with me you know how you had the lines in the carpet i had that bitch straightened out right underneath that vacuum dustin you were gonna say something because y'all y'all were talking at the same time (laughs) 
Um, I'm not sure what I was going to say because now I'm just thinking about how lovely of a nigga I am. <laughs> so, you know, I just, I love that. I may, we may be, we may have a new tattoo, you guys. Oh, no, oh my, my God. God, hell no. What about the more, so those were the overt forms that we've dealt with. What about mm-hmm. the more covert forms that you've dealt with on a regular all, basis? Oh, God. So let's start with trying to find an apartment in New York City. Oh, and, listen to me. Uh, listen when you to first me. get here and you have to try to find a room to rent before you can get an apartment. Ooh. And you go visit a place and they literally look at you after you've called and spoken on the phone with them. And then they say, oh, no, we no, that uh, wasn't room's been filled. No, no, no. Let's <laughs> talk about that. Let's talk about land, um, landlord. Lords, uh, meeting you and just straight up telling you no and then you have oh. one of your white friends go call this number just to prove your point and they get an appointment let's talk about mm. that mm-hmm. um w- you want to keep rolling you want to talk about getting a cab you want to oh. talk about catching a cab Ooh. and even right. these ubers how many times has an uber driven past you and pretended pretended they- and that they didn't see you oh yeah Oh, oh one more thing that I did want to say, Asante, speaking of covert. Yes. If we, I mean, excuse overt. me, overt. If we can dial back to overt, there's only one time that I've been called a nigger in my life, and it was funny. One, because I don't Stop play that it, shit. Justin. There's only been one time that it was funny. I mean it. I don't play that shit. But <laughs> I was actually with Asante, and it has to do with a taxi cab. One <laughs> night, Asante and I... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what time? I don't know how you didn't bring this onto the floor, but I, was gonna, I wasn't going to let it get past us. So one night, Asante and I were uptown in Harlem, right around 137th Street. And we had gotten into an argument with the cab driver. It was an Asian man. And he basically didn't want to take us where we had to go, whatever, whatever, long story short. So we argued with him. You know, we had a back and forth the whole way, way to our destination. And when we got out the car, um, based on how disrespectful he was, I told Asante, like, let's leave the doors open. Just don't close your door when you get out the car. So... So, because he had made me mad, and I felt like that's all I had outside of busting him inside the back of his fucking head. So I'm like, let's just leave the doors open so he got to either drive off hard or get out and close them, you know? So so that's what we did. So as we walked off, there's a divider in the middle of of, um, Lenox, the street that we were on. It's like 137th and Lenox. And so he had to go around the divider to go back downtown. And when he did, he he bent the corner real hard. And that's what made the doors like close on the car. And he rolled down the window. And as he was rolling off, he had a he had an Asian accent. And he said the word. He called us niggers when he, when he was driving off. And the combination of them doors closing, the vehicle like loudly accelerating, and then him saying, niggas, like that went out it that window. Me and Asante the way he fell. did out laughing there was it was it was so funny like we couldn't even get offended at that point because it was just a hilarious moment fuck him you know what i'm saying to this day and may his doors forever remain open but that was funny Ooh. though that's the only time i have ever laughed i don't know how i, I forgot that <laughs> but that was a movie moment so that is definitely like ingrained <laughs> like that was that was one of the funniest things that has ever happened to me in my life. In my I'm life, dead. y'all. I want to go back to the apartment one because yes. I think one of the most frustrating things is when you know you bust your ass to to start making good money, especially living in New York where 
uh, on the applications, they ask that you make a minimum of 40 times the, the rent. rent. Yeah. Yeah. So just to get to a point where you can do that, uh, you know, credit score, my credit's great. All I, you know, you do all these things as an adult so that you can be positioned to not have to deal with any barriers. Like here, there's nothing you can say. My application is literally undeniable. Right. And mm-hmm. it's so frustrating how, like you said, when they see you, suddenly the apartment's not available. Or the experience I had getting this place. Remember, Asante? Uh, they literally did not believe that I made the money I made. Mm. <laughs> And they kept asking me for more and more and more paperwork. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where I was like, as much as I love this place, I it's like it just got to be too much. And I told them, I don't even care anymore. Like I don't want it. I'm not giving you more paperwork. And it, you know, in the end it ended up someone else ended up coming in and being like, she's fine. Like the manager of the actual building was like, this is a perfect tenant. Like he actually called me himself and was like, listen, the the people who own the building are older and a little bit disconnected and they don't understand social media. He was trying to make excuses for them, obviously, because I'm sure if I had been one of those young white social media girls, the social media aspect would not have mattered Mm. as much, you know, but it was Mm. the fact that it was me. I looked the way I looked. Even when I came to see the apartment, remember I had braids, I had the box braids down to my butt. And so he's looking at me like, how the fuck (laughs) do you make that? And how are you going to afford this apartment? And he kept asking me weird questions like, is it just you? You know, how are you going to pay for all this? You need roommates. Is it a family? And I was like, yo, I don't have to answer any of this stuff. I'm applying. The numbers are there. The credit is there. Giving you everything you asked for. Why are you asking me questions? So it's frustrating because it's that feeling where people make you feel like, oh, well, if you're a good black Mm -hmm. (laughs) that does everything right, life is easier. We even heard celebs kind of tacking on to that point of, you know, don't resist. Don't do that. Don't do this. It's because y'all are asking for it. No, even when you do the quote unquote right things, there's still the systemic aspect combined with the covert and overt aspects that we have to deal yep. with on a daily basis. And the, the, the apartment one was so frustrating because it's not like that's just one apartment that's going to do that to you. It's every apartment that you yep. apply for. So mm-hmm. you can't, you don't even have the option um, of the integrity aspect. Like Asante was saying with the Kirby, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't even walk away because you're just not going to have anywhere to right. live. That's the sad part. And then you have to take that L and kind of suck it up that you're being treated that way just to survive. You know what? I think that that's one of the most frustrating parts. Go ahead. I'm glad you brought that back up, too, because I don't I hate coming across as an apologist. That's why I try not to say shit on the Internet anyway. But a lot of that shit is like beat into people. And I know like some of us kind of know, but we don't realize that when some of these people are saying stupid shit, it's like. They too far gone. Like a lot of us know what that means when we say like, oh, they are deep in the hole. The respectability politics that a lot of people are raised with. The respectability politics. And I was going to say a lot of these things are learned so early on that we don't even know what the fuck they look like. Like from looking presentable when you go to school or getting a job and taking all that into consideration. So imagine some you telling your uh, story about apartment hunting to someone. They go, well, what did you wear? Like, yeah, did, literally. did you have your hair out? Like. Like that whole thing and is how, like, and how many people told me, 
Oh, well, girl, you knew not to put the damn box sprays. What you mean? Like, I'm buying a home. <laughs> like, somewhere I'm supposed to be comfortable being myself. <laughs> not friend. Not girl. You knew not to like, put the box spray. <laughs> you know how many people told me that? They was like, girl, now you know better than going to that building with your box sprays trying to get that apartment. And I'm like, you and sound look at crazy. You now. And it's crazy. <laughs> and look at you now at home. It's crazy because people, when they say things like that, they're supposed to be right because we have to continue to pacify white people or people scared of black folks. And it's like, that's that's what's wrong. So that's why it's not right. And people don't connect all those dots. And it's so hard to say, like when I was working at my restaurant job, like, yeah, you know, you need to keep some hair off your face and do something to your hair or whatever. But like when I'm trying to style my hair and, you know, I was struggling. But if I'm trying to style my hair like uh, Kyle from fucking Living Single and you basically telling me like, oh, well, it has to be a buzz cut because of my hair texture offending you. Like, right, what are you doing? Right. What are you or doing? Even the lo- or even the fact that just now, when was it? In 2019 that the hair discrimination law passed where you cannot be discriminated against for having locks or, you know, cultural hairstyles or braids and that's insane that we're even having this conversation like why the fuck am i stressed because i have my hair in braids to get an apartment like right. <laughs> what like that's crazy it's 2020 like it's just that's, that's when why people i just are like, cut my shit off <laughs> <laughs> you're like fuck it we ain't even gonna deal fuck with it, it. Ain't my conversation. Shit shit. but that's when i see these um have i don't know if y'all have seen these marches where the people are wearing suits have you seen that i I have and dustin clearly you have that like bothers me because it's like what are y'all doing and and i feel bad because one of my homies was part of it the other week and they were posting it and i like had to get off the his story because i was like come on man not you like because it's just it, it it upholds that theory that if we're the good negro that dresses well and and cleans up good you know, that you'll be treated differently. You'll be viewed differently. And and how many times have we... Look at the young man, Elijah McLean, mm-hmm. that was killed last Good year. Lord, but Right, but his case is, is uh, surfacing now. Yes. He was so kind and gentle. And, and it kind of, in a sad way, was playing into that same thing of people being like, oh, he was so nice. Like, it's sad that he got killed. And it's like, no, they're killing you anyways, whether right. you run... Whether you stay still, whether you fight, whether you shoot back, whether you don't shoot, whether you're nice. It's like, and it kind of was bothering me too, I have to be honest, that people were playing into the he's so sweet thing. Mm -hmm. Almost like he was less deserving of it because he was so kind. And I'm like, this is just an overall problem. Right. And a lot of us, unfortunately, like you were saying, it's internalized, you know. And I definitely want to jump into the anti-blackness that we uphold mm. because the the K. Michelle part where she was talking about your hair, I remember having a campaign where I had to go to DR. And this was at the time when I was on YouTube. So you remember my hair. I used to wear huge. Yes. Like, yeah. The Hey Friend hair, like signature. hair, signature hair, yes. just that yeah. massive hair. It was unruly. It did not have curl pattern. It was like whatever shape it wanted to take that day. And I remember walking through the airport where if you've been to the airport, I believe it's the Santiago stop or maybe Santo Domingo. And it's like a runway that you have to walk when you walk out. And people are literally like waiting on the sides of it. It's kind of overwhelming because you literally have to like walk through this crowd of people and it's a long runway. Hell on earth. 
for me because here I come mm. out with my hair oh, shit. and mm. everybody busted mm. out laughing. The whole what? runway <laughs> of people being like, yo, what the fuck? You know, in Spanish and whatever version of it and telling me that my hair was fucked up. Other people being like, she's so pretty. Look at the, her hair so fucked up. And it just was like a, a chorus I've never of been people so telling me how fucked up my hair was and how bad it needed to be cut. People telling me, oh, I know a salon, you know, uh, screaming out names of salons. Like it just and I remember I was mortified because <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I, I was shocked that that was happening. It was kind of similar to the thing in, in the McDonald's in Ohio where it's like, yo, are y'all for real? <laughs> y'all really going to do this? Like, I'm a young girl walking out of the fucking airport and y'all are just going to mob bully me because you don't like my hair? When I mean, my hair looked fucking dope. Like, I've made the, a career out of this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you, I sure hope you started telling them to um to to bait, to put a basil on your ass. <laughs> Not As a you was walking out of there. I hope you did. I hope you got to cussing their ass out. I At was least so two of them on the way out, friend. <laughs> and then, you know, I was, and then the two pre- people that were waiting on me from the, the brand I was working with, they were like mortified that, that I had to been walk apologizing. out. They were. They were just like, yo, we don't know what the fuck that was. We're so sorry. You know how Dominican people are. I was like, no, nah, we got to cut that shit out too, though, of the you know how Dominican people right. are. Like, because mm-hmm. in my family, Whenever someone tries to be cute or smart or say anything about my hair, which has happened, even my own grandma, I check it on the spot. <laughs> That's right. You have beautiful hair, friend. Yeah, like I'm not, I don't really play that. I don't do the like coddling or you know how people are. Like I think the only way that this shit has changed, changes is if you speak the fuck up. And I know it's hard because sometimes it's, you know, it's your grandma. What you going to tell her? <laughs> grandma, shut the fuck up. I wish you wasn't my grandmama. <laughs> That's how you hurt your grandmother feelings. <laughs> I'm sorry, friend. <laughs> w- no, but it's true. I remember t- my grandma used to always ask me, "You're not gonna, you never do your hair." That was her thing to say to me. You never do your hair, and she'd be like, "Your outfit's so nice. It would have been better if you had done your hair." Mind you, my hair like was straightened curly. It. Yeah, mm. and unless I straightened it, or when I did straighten it. She would be like, that's how I like it. Like, that's when you mm-hmm. look the prettiest. That's how we want to see you. See. Your own grandma, bro. Like, and my family, family. always making me feel bad, you know? So that's why. I, I love you, grandma. But I don't care about nothing you talking about right now. <laughs> and, I, and I mean that with all due respect. We still in covert? Yeah, let's hit the covert. I, I got covert. one more, like, cute point, And I'm losing it as I'm saying this. On Drag Race... There Uh-oh. was a character, and it was, she's from Chicago too, actually. There's a, a character named Vixen, and Vixen, okay, so on Drag Race, it's the actual show, and then after Drag Race, they have another show called Untucked, and Untucked is like the behind the scenes of what happened like during the elimination part of the show, and it's where the queen's arguing this whole thing. So there was a queen from Chicago, like Shea Coulee, named Vixen. Shout out to Vixen, and they have a song together, video looks cute. Anyway... Vixen brought up such an amazing point in one of the untucks because Vixen was arguing or um, having issues with one of the other queens. I don't remember which one, but um, a few of them actually ended up having problems. But the queen always would end up crying or getting sad at the end of the fucking argument. But one of the problems was 
this same queen was the one that would sometimes start the shit. So it's like you starting the shit, Vixen getting into your ass, and now you crying. And so Vixen had to point out, like, see, here we go with the tears. You don't understand how you, you playing the victim in the tears. America, they look at me as a black person, and they're going to treat mm. me differently because you over there crying. Weaponizing them. Weaponizing. And Vixen brought up, when she brought that point up, it hit me so hard. It was like, yes, white people don't hear this enough. That when they do that whole white defensiveness shit, like... That is trying to goad me into feeling bad about my blackness. Like, that whole, like, oh, I didn't understand. I'm so sorry. Like, that, <laughs> like, dialing me back, even back to them bitches from um, Vanderpump Rules. Like, y'all just so sorry now that y'all got caught. Like, y'all knew, like, outside of racism, y'all knew the shit that y'all were doing was wrong. If it's wrong, right. don't fucking do it. So don't sit up here and cry now and try to make... And I don't even think they're doing it for black people because we ain't buying it. I don't know who... If you're trying to just get... We wasn't watching that shit no way, to be honest. They really we just, gonna watch Candy Show. We gonna watch the OLG show they working these on girls, right now. When they do stuff like that, it's really because... We watching that shit. It's really because it's a plea to white people still. Like, oh, we know we can do better. Like, they already know that they lost niggas. Like, niggas... But they still know... That niggas aren't as well. Impo- them bitches on Vanderpump Rules. I didn't mean to cut no, you ahead. off, but them bitches on there were were overtly racist on these podcast excerpts that I heard, where they were questioning why black people were given certain treatment and black pe- everything was a black issue and how they felt about black people. Yeah, no, they for were sure. Very direct and blatant. So right, that's, very, I didn't watch that deliberate. shit. Yeah, no, yeah. very deliberate. That's the part. Them hoes could walk past me tomorrow and I wouldn't know who the fuck they was. I hope they get canceled out of every opportunity they get because I know how hard we have to work as black people to get those opportunities. So fuck y'all. But that's why Thank I'm you. also saying like the aftermath of them trying to do the whole tears on Twitter, that's the covert part. They're trying to pretend that they weren't mm-hmm. overtly racist. They're trying to covertly say we care about. Well, it's gaslighting, exactly. And it's like it's fucking with you, and then trying to be like you, the crazy one for thinking I was doing that when you know you were fucking. Like I have black that. friends. I've talked. Like I would mm-hmm. never. And it's like you, you literally just having black friends to say you have black friends. Like you're not having black friends just because you just care about people. Like there, and there are plenty of white folks that do that. That's why some of the time when I see white, certain white people on Twitter, I'm just like, mm. you know, like, you know, you make your money in that industry and you want to be helpful. And I appreciate that. But you also know that this is branding. And what about when these white folks are in positions of authority that could really that them having their mentality can really fuck up the trajectory of your life? For instance, uh, teachers, <laughs> ooh, professors, bosses. I had a, a I remember I had an English teacher where. A white boy in the class copied from me. But our exams were the same because obviously he copied. So we had the same answer. So she pulled us aside. Guess guess who got almost got suspended and lost her scholarship at this school that I busted my ass to get because into? Because Peter Peterson copied off of because you. Because he... Didn't feel like whatever the fuck he... Because he's a rich kid already and he's used to just getting his way and he probably never fucking studies. His tutor probably did all his fucking homework. Who knows? He felt like copying me because he knew he could. And do you know that she was going to suspend me? Do you know why I didn't get suspended? Why? When I was telling her that I didn't do it and that it was him. Actually, I didn't even say it was him because I didn't know. I didn't even know he had done that. I was just like, I know what I did. (laughs) I know what I didn't do. That's right. The only reason is because a mutual friend of mine and that boy's 
begged him wow. to tell the truth. Wow. And he, he didn't feel guilty or remorseful that I was going to lose my career over his fuck up. He did not. It was only because we had a mutual friend from a fucking sports team that they played on together. His, his uh, black friend. <laughs> right. Who talked some, you know, semblance of sense into him and was like, don't do her like that. Like, you don't understand how you're going to fuck up her whole life over that shit. And he told the teacher and ended up getting... And you know what? He just got a bad grade, mm-hmm. which wow. I think but is fucked But you was going to get expelled. I wow. was going to get expelled, but he was just getting... I was going to get suspended, excuse me, but he was going to get a bad grade. It wasn't even an option presented to him to be suspended. Wow. They I wanted to get my black hernia. ass out of there. Yep. And you know what's crazy? She was the dean of my class. Wow. Imagine that. Hell to the no. The dean, okay, <clears throat> who I had to look at for the next couple years be- with her thinking that of me and having the power to decide these things with that lens that she was viewing me through. That's scary. It's, it's fucked up. I feel bad now. <clears throat> I, I remember I had a, a teacher that instilled some bullshit into me when I was in like the third or fourth grade. And I, I keep coming back to this conversation on Twitter about how in high school, you know, I let some teachers have it. Like I had read... You have to. I had read through some <laughs> teachers now, and I feel bad looking back on some of them teachers that got it just out of frustration of all the teachers that deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I can think of, like, I told y'all before a long time ago, I had a teacher in third grade tell me, like, I wasn't supposed to live past, like, 28, 24. Like, she was just like, oh, you need to plan before that because you might not make it then. I was just like, damn, bitch. Like, what are you talking about? For real? But she wasn't talking to none of the other students like that ever. So that's why whenever I had wow, teachers man. that would be like, like if two of us get in trouble for the same damn thing and you're going to send one of us to stand in the hallway, but you're going to tell the other one you writing them up for suspension, bitch, no, you about to get these words since I'm getting suspended. And then everybody's going to run back and tell the, the rest of the student body so they can handle it. Like I was one of those at times. Like we not playing this game of you trying to get me out this classroom because if y'all get me in trouble with my mama and if Dinetta got to come up here. <laughs> That's oh God. I can't help y'all. Like, like y'all better take this curse out. I'm giving you because once my mama got to leave work. Oh no, everybody knows y'all can't have a black woman leaving work for some shit on at school. Like, oh, we know. <sighs> teachers are Dustin. Do you have any experiences with teachers? Eh, look at the face he made. He's like, do I? People are terrible. I, I don't even want to. There was a teacher in my high school who I talked about before on this um, show. I said his name, and people who knew that teacher responded. <laughs> oh shit! Believe it or not, what if he um, hit you? Like, right. Dustin. <laughs> I would cuss his ass. I would, Mr. David Deck. You email me if you want to. I'll cuss your motherfucking <laughs> ass down to the goddamn ground today. But yes, I've had experiences where this teacher thought that I had like pointed some at him. Um, and made it this huge deal. My father had to come up to the school. It was like completely amplified. Wow. I was subjected to like like an extreme punishment, like two weeks of suspension or something like that. Thankfully, it didn't end up going down like that. But he tried to throw the book at me, and it wasn't even me that had did it. So, <clears throat> and and he had a history of prior accusations of racism, shit like that. So I've absolutely had that experience. Um, and for me, the worst experience I ever had was when I was working again with the UAW and I was working out of a uh, manufacturing facility. I was really young, um, working in there with some white men who were, they had to be in like their late thirties, early forties at the time. I was like 22. Um, and they literally, they had to sort of 
they had to answer to my direction to a certain extent and they resented me for that um and literally you name it every down to physical intimidation like all sorts of things to where it was that sort of environment and because i was young i was I, I think I handled it and I had the the tenacity to just, you know, fuck y'all. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll argue and fight you motherfuckers to the, till my cuticles bleed. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it just was what it was, but that got tiresome after years and right, years of that right. shit. And now I would never place myself in an environment of willful stress like that. Um, so I've definitely experienced racism on all fronts, teachers, people in positions of authority, people mm. in positions of power and influence, banks when it came time to get loans, oh, to buy, make gosh, large so purchases, started on banks. you know, all that kind of shit. So um, car living again, living in the Midwest, buying vehicles. So going to car dealerships, you standing out on the lot, looking at the cars that they think you can't afford and they completely ignore your presence. And then you go to another lot that may be a vehicle that's a little bit less and they barely halfway want to, you know, entertain you as a potential customer. All sorts of things, all every way possible, down to going to the gym to work out in the Midwest. I remember, and one time I went to the gym. Yes, is the answer to your question. Yeah, <laughs> tell us what happened at the right, gym. Tell us okay. what happened at the no, gym. No, that's another story for another time because that <laughs> right, I'm a- ended a little bit differently. So Uh-oh. we'll tell that story later. But yeah. <laughs> and then the last one with a teacher I have. My third grade teacher was from Spain and mm-hmm. she caught wind of me being a part of an African dance troupe. Oh. And so she went to see the performance for whatever fucking reason. And you know how we dance in the African mm-hmm. dance troupes. She mm-hmm. told my mom that she thought I was a fast child. Oh my God. Wow. 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 After she saw that, she was like, no child should be moving like that and dancing like that. And I think it's extremely inappropriate. She need help. If she got turned right, on or whatever. perverted yeah. ass. And then suddenly after she witnessed that performance, every report card after that was problematic for me. Every, I could not do wrong, right in her eyes. Everything was wrong. I talked too much. I was too. I was flirting with the kids. I was doing that. I flirting. mean, she, it was like she would just bring up whatever she had to project that she suddenly, you know, was viewing me as after experiencing that dance class. Like it was crazy. And luckily, my mom had enough awareness <laughs> of what had happened because she saw right. the shift. So right. she kind of was just like, "I get what's happening." Don't worry, whatever she says, I don't believe her. Like straight up, which was great for me that I had that backing. But ch- like, but could you imagine? Like, that's my weird ass bitch edu- watching you dance yeah. and then got her titty hard, and now she's looking at you like you, like you a weirdo. Like, no, bitch, you're a yeah. weirdo. Looking at some and then children have, dancing. And now you look at my third grade report cards which funny enough obviously doesn't fucking matter but at the time at the time that means a lot and everything was just so negative everything was so negative it was like i didn't do anything right and my mom was so confused because she's like every other class year you're like an excellent student you come to this class suddenly you know you're hell on wheels and it just didn't make any sense but it just makes me sad because think about our kids that are going through that you know like i look at a noah how special she is, yeah. so much personality, and, and she's so vibrant and, and interested in so many things. And you see her dancing on TikTok, and like she's yeah. just so cute. And I, I imagine who would project their 
bullshit views on her, on her. yeah mm-hmm. that could potentially shift and change how she moves through life like that shit is a, a terrible feeling and that's why i think episodes like this are important for us to explain what we've been through even through childhood even at work even trying to get a fucking apartment and just trying to navigate being black just existing as black like whether you're a good black <laughs> Or right. a bad black or whatever the fuck in between. It just doesn't matter. It just Friend, doesn't maybe matter. it's time we teach Noah how to start cussing. <laughs> Cause I think you make a valid point. So I think we need to prepare her. We need to teach her how to cuss somebody out. It's time. <laughs> well. And I'm really and I'm I didn't sit here and got mad at your teacher. Man, listen, I think about her sometimes and I'm like, that old hag. <laughs> but, Bitch. Old ass, weird ass bitch. <laughs> so those are the covert, overt, and then even within our own communities, the way anti-blackness is upheld mm, because yeah. of that internalizing. So the last one is the systemic, where mm. we're seeing it, you know, in politics, economically, and just the fabric of society as a whole. That's the last one I just wanted to ask. If you <laughs> guys have examples of the way that you've endured this shit systemically. You ever been pulled over by the police in a traffic stop? Child, I've Let's actually never it. experienced that. And I never want to. I cannot imagine the fear. Let's talk about this is before I started enjoying the sidewalk. So I really didn't have nothing on me at this point. But let's talk about getting pulled over. Uh, me and my friend were going to an amusement park. We were going to Kings Island in Ohio, friend. Oh, shit. Um, That's and crazy. I got pulled over. <laughs> And they went through, when I say that police officer went through every bag, every cup holder, every... Is that even every, legal? Everything in my car went through, all, had me take my hat off, ran his hand underneath wow, the band man. Don't you need a warrant hat, for that? Touched everything mm. I had, went through all my shit. I didn't have any warrants. My driving record was clean. I didn't have nothing on my you know, name or whatever. Wow. This extensive search, that's just one time of many. I could tell you so many stories about police. And stop and frisk. Stop and frisk. One time me and Drew got in a a fight with these guys out in Jersey and ended up going to jail for this. Me, Drew, and another one of our friends because this cab driver refused to, to, got us in the cab, then refused to take us to where we were going in New Jersey, put us out. We're arguing with the cab driver and these uh, white guys, it was probably like four of them, um, they were big buff white guys or whatever, and they came. Whoa, what the fuck are y'all doing? Uh, this drive like came and intervened, and we ended up getting in a physical fight with them, and we got arrested. What? They the didn't get arrested. Fuck? So yeah, like shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like yes, I have experienced it in every single way you can think of, every way, and that's why we beat the fuck out them niggas. Well, they were <laughs> niggas, but we whooped their ass. Shout out to Drew and shout out to my boy uh, Isaac. He ended up moving to South Africa to model. So he's over there living his best life in Cape Town right now. Yes. But we tore their ass up in Jersey <laughs> right by the fucking, um, right by that path station. <laughs> Whooped their ass. And that, that was worth them uh, Chanel bracelets we had to wear that night. <laughs> Asante, <laughs> you see Dustin's name on Zoom right now? I, I did. I saw it change. <laughs> I, I, I saw it change when it happened. I did. <laughs> You are killing Woo. me right now. Asante, you know, we gotta have our you? fun. We gotta have our fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't have much to add. You know, a lot of the same. Right when he said getting pulled over, because Dustin, like you, triggered. I too was not enjoying the sidewalk. Like <clears throat> I was living in Atlanta. Like y'all know, I didn't start doing that until I've been here. So I've been not driving. But living in Atlanta, you know, 
people always be like, APD don't play and all that shit. And I'd be like, they don't. Like, they don't. I don't understand. And maybe I just haven't been enough places, but like why every county has like these like souped up ass cop cars. Like they like there's like a generic police uniform. You see like the ones that they have out here in NYPD pretty much always all wear the, like the black uniform and white cars. Atlanta, them cars come in 10 different colors and I don't understand why. Because, wow. you know, Atlanta is such a metro area that some of those counties, they all like bleed in. So you can get pulled over <clears throat> by a, a, a Fulton County cop. In damn Cobb County, and they just swing and they dick at you. It's like you out of your jurisdiction, and you're doing the wrong shit. But you're just gonna go because I'm black. Like you're like, oh well, I know it's gonna be done because I I'm white, so I'm gonna do whatever I want. And because nobody's gonna stop them. Right. They they just see a cop car, so they're like, oh well, they, oh you know, whenever you see somebody pulled over, you just drive on by and you say, looks like they got a customer. So shit. I I have been a customer more than a few times and done the whole like get out the car shit. That's why watching those videos, like I really like could not watch a lot of those videos because i remember and thank god nothing ever happened to me but being in that position knowing like like being scared because you know what could happen and then thinking about like disappointing your mom if something happens like i just remember every time i've been pulled over i always get like this feeling of like oh shit i could die right now and like that's not even being dramatic and that was then before like social media showing us all this stuff all the time so it's crazy to me and that's when i really wasn't doing shit like i don't care about drinking enough to drink and drive like i wasn't smoking then so every time i'm getting pulled over i'm experiencing this ptsd for no fucking reason just because i'm a black person (laughs) and it doesn't make any sense it didn't make any sense like i there were times where i'd be like i'm not even gonna drive today like i have to go to work so i'm gonna just get me to the martyr station and niggas gonna look at me crazy but i don't care the martyr's gonna take me where i got to go ptsd is real it's so real like i can't even don't let me walk i can't even walk past a cop or a cop car without my heart just starting to beat fast Mm -mm. Mm -mm. and then especially now like it's terrible now like i was out yesterday and, you know, you see them posted up, um, like, on my block. They finally put um, one of them NYPD towers up, like, they have all over Harlem. Oh, gosh. Girl. That tower was up. The NYPD van is on the side of the block. And then you got two cops on the corner with no mask on. I'm like, none of what this. What about the bright-ass light that they oh, yeah, put that, in that, front that, of the that project? Light, it's beaming. I thought it was. That is, <laughs> how is that legal? You can't fucking it's loud. sleep. It's horrible. <laughs> And it's loud and it's, for people that don't know what we're talking about, for certain blocks that the police deem as quote unquote hot, they put this huge, like, I don't even know how tall could you, like 50 It looks like the lights at a a high school football field. Yes, perfect. That's what it looks like. The football field lights on the block, like literally on the street facing the project windows where people are trying to sleep yeah. and the light is beaming into their window. My grandmother has Alzheimer's and they have one on her corner with the light hitting her face every fucking night. So she's trying Christ, to friend. sleep. And I remember me trying to get sleep, trying to study, trying to stay up and the fucking light is beaming and ain't no blackout shade in the world <laughs> that can black that out. And that's part of the systemic part. And I'm actually glad you brought that up because that ties into trying to get fucking produce that isn't Ooh. beat up or expired at oh, your local please. supermarket. Why do I have to go down below 96th Street to get a salad? Right. Or to get to get greens that aren't wilted or look like they fucking fell off the truck and that's just what we got. Or expired from downtown and then brought Shipped up over. for yep. us yep. to deal with the yep. last couple remnants of days you can eat it. 
Yep. See, right before we get there, I want to go right back to the surveillance, though, because I think that's also going to like that also play like these things. We all know all play parts with each other. But like the surveillance, just because I looked this up, I was trying to find a tower. The surveillance system is comprised of numerous physical and software components. And all those CCTV cameras around the city, it like it's always putting us through facial recognition data, like systems. So I feel like those lights, and not to like make, I'm not saying this to say that it's okay, but those lights are specifically so they can continue to build this database of our faces. So these motherfuckers know these neighborhoods and they, you know, that's how I went there for a minute, I guess because Citizen been going so hot or the gang activity's hot, they've been put, they put it up. They're continuing to build these databases so they know who's in these neighborhoods, but no one is trying to better these neighborhoods. So like the grocery right. store, Prime example, if y'all know that this is a predominantly black neighborhood and there's crime and shit here, why can't y'all try to be like, all right, well, what's the grocery store looking like? Do they have good food? Like, let's try to, like, do some things to make shit a little bit better and see how that operates. They just want to build a database so they can figure out who's dangerous and who's not. And the database is mostly niggas. Well, because it's not designed for us to thrive. Like, that's the point blank period. It's not designed for that. But what's the point of the system? And once you realize that, that. Well, I mean, that's the part that's so frustrating. Like... I remember having to literally take a cab to go down to the Trader Joe's, you know, the one that's down on in the 70s, mm -hmm. I think, um, to get groceries, mm -mm. to then get back in the cab with the groceries, my job by myself. And, and you already know the cab ain't helping me. Right. At all. Right. Like you buy you yourself. Don't e you don't even ask because they barely even open the trunk for you. You right. have to fucking yep. tap the window. Him seeing me with seven or eight bags, he's not even gonna open the trunk. Yeah. I have to still tap and ask him, Hey, can you open the trunk when you see me with the what do you think I'm doing? Gonna sit in the front with you with these bags? Like and then they open it and kind of sigh like you're annoying them. And how like many times? Like you, the problem. Yeah, and even how many times have I gotten in an Uber, uh, where I have suitcases because we have a business trip, and they don't even get out to help me put them in the back. See, see, they don't get out. They don't open it. I still have to go tap, ask them to open it, and then go ahead and proceed to put my own suitcases in the back without a man sitting in the front saying, "Hey, yep. do you need some help?" And and not even a man woman thing, but just a human thing. Like, hey, a human thing. that it's thing like is heavy, out. and you look like you may need help putting it in the back. Like, just little shit like that that you know would never happen if I was a white woman. Like, that wouldn't even be a question. They would run out to make sure right. that you got your suitcase in there. Throw their throw their bla their blazers on the ground for you to walk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And even just having to navigate the world, knowing that that's how differently your experience is going to be and and me being in a school where i went with the top you know top five percent top one percent mm -hmm. hedge fund kids it was like blatantly in my face how different mm -hmm. our experiences were where they were coming to school with drivers and claude and i for those new listeners claude is my best friend we've been best friends since we were 14 went to the same high school hey, that's when we met <laughs> hey claude we love you claude me and him were scrambling for metro cards <laughs> and we had to walk up and down a hill where you would get to class dripping sweaty oh yeah y'all's campus i hate remember that you, it's, a, it's like a literal hill and if you don't have the money to have a driver or someone drive you up the hill you're asked out and you're getting to class sweaty <laughs> 
and tired and it's already like a barrier to you you know learning learning and focusing and did you even eat that morning did you have time to eat knowing that you had to schedule in this fucking walk you know so it was just like a lot of little shit like that where these kids are coming with their bentley's and their uh whatever cars pulling up with their drivers and that was i remember that being a culture shock and even me wondering as a kid like was it good that my mom pulled me out of me excelling in a black school because quote unquote they didn't want me to get lost in the system just to put me in a school with white kids where i felt like i had to fight the whole time i was there Mm. i didn't even know if that was the best decision Mm. for me Mm, friend but it's put that way you know when you're you it's like wow, you made it, you're in private school with the white kids. Like the proximity to whiteness was the key to success. But right. as as I'm older now, I'm like, was it though? Girl, <laughs> I, I'm glad you asked, Diane, because I was about to say, friend, I am so glad that you didn't start off all the way in the white system. because I know, and- I'm glad too. I say that all the time. I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful <laughs> That I got to be in a black school with my neighborhood friends where we went through what we went through. And then I had the opposite experience, obviously, when I got transferred to private school. But I often wondered, like, was that actually the better decision for me on an emotional level? Yes, maybe uh, academically it was a better look Mm -hmm. because I got to brag about going to Riverdale and all these schools. But mentally... (laughs) emotionally the shit that i went through sometimes i'm like was that actually the best choice just because i got to brag about what school i went to what about the emotional ramifications of being the only black kid in a white school with white teachers who are looking at you like they're doing you a favor by letting you be there Mm. Mm. see wow i went i switched school a lot when i was younger so like i remember being in like a whiter school versus a blacker school versus a black school that had a white magnet program so there was like you know that small number of white people and in every situation the white folks of course was catered to so it's like when i was going to the white school initially when i was younger they're looking at my nigga ass like oh well you know you're not gonna be around like these white kids so we're really gonna like buy into them and low-key because of the way that they've already set us up they was right they already knew what time it was because they already knew that i'm black so you know automatically i'm supposed to be poor because that's the way that they set the system up you know what i'm saying so it sucked being in that arena and then going to a black school where niggas literally did have the least like coming from the white school they were like oh you you know a little bit more than you know like so we have to put you in like special classes and shit and i'm like well why aren't why why isn't this y'all's regular curriculum like why does the white people have (laughs) this advanced curriculum but they feel like because niggas they dumb like i just wasn't i wasn't understanding why this was happening and then to go to high school that was predominantly black but they were really only pouring into the and it was even though i was part of the magnet program i was still a black person part of the magnet program but the black people at the school just saw me as part of the white program so they just saw the benefits that i was getting but i'm still black but as a black person being in that shit it ain't cute or cool, or I don't think I'm better than no fucking black. I, don't, I didn't think I was better than the black people because I'm in this fucking program. And I also hated the fact that these white kids got catered to at a black school. Like it was at a black it school. Was all... they, they carved out special programming, bro. That shit used to eat. Disgusting. Me. Disgusting. Same experience. I went to a magnet school too for both elementary and um, during my high school years too. 
And in the elementary, they moved the magnet school. It used to be housed in one campus that was in like the um, cultural downtown area of the city where like the museums and the art institute was and, um, you know, city municipal buildings and shit like that. They moved it into a school that was in what they would what you would call like the hood. Mm -hmm. And that was the elementary school I went to. So the well. That's the elementary school I ended up having to go to because of that program. So the entire second floor was like the magnet program, which is the program I went to. The first floor was where like the neighborhood kids went that lived near the school the, the or whatever district that kids. would have gone there otherwise. The district kids. That's what we called them in my and school. So it was like hella white kids, you know what I'm saying, in this magnet program with us. All my life I went to school with like in a, a pretty much mixed environment, predominantly black, but more so mixed environment and then downstairs we we always wanted to be with the kids that went to school downstairs they were always <laughs> fun we always wanted to do that we wanted to go to the school dances all that kind of shit and so <laughs> seeing the difference though literally in the neighborhood in the way that 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 they um the way, the way that they facilitated both programs, I'll say, versus the Magnet program versus the school downstairs, there were differences, blatant, glaring differences. And we had to see them as students and then deal with the relationships that we had when we had to all eat lunch in the same room or all play in the same gym class. Right. And, you know, interact with them. So it's just crazy and fucked up the way they did us, y'all. It's true. I and I hate, the, I hate the energy. Sorry to No, go ahead, please. Sante. I hate the energy it creates, too, because you start feeling like you're you know special or different yeah and then it it creates this division between you and your f neighborhood friends mm -hmm. you know like yes. i remember i had to do certain things like leave books at school so my book bag wouldn't be as big or my field hockey or, or uh, basketball or soccer or whatever uniforms i would take it off and and put it in my book bag all the other kids were getting, you know, running home in their outf in their uniforms because you're tired. You're just heading home. But I would have to take it off because I just didn't want to look like that kid that's coming from yep. private school with this nice ass uniform and then going into a project because they would all look at me so crazy when they would be sitting on the bench like, oh, look at you, bitch. Like, and, and I when just the whole oh, experience was like, if yeah, and that's the thing that was fucked up. It was like they didn't even know what I was going through at that school with people looking at me like I was dumb and cheating and poor. And then you go to the project and they're looking at you like, you made it, girl. You got out. Da, da, da. And in my head, I'm like, I don't think I did. I don't think I did. <laughs> at all. And then you grow up as an adult and you have all these accolades. And then, and then a lot of us become the new gatekeepers, mm. you know, uh, create like furthering that division in every industry and realm where it's like oh well the academic kids the kid like, even on twitter that's why i'm very sensitive when people are making fun of like how someone spelled something you know or, or yeah, how yeah. someone said something like those kinds of jokes or even telling people you don't have the range i get so irritated when i see people say that to other people yes you should be informed before you speak on things but also some people don't have the range because they didn't have access to the range. That's why I tell people straight up, I don't have the range. I want people to feel comfortable to say that when it actually applies versus people that actually don't. Because there are so many 
people that are seen as not having it just because, you know, they black or whatever. So like when you can just say, I don't have it, just say it. But like when you put that off on other people, that's so vicious. It's and one stupid. thing for you to acknowledge right. that I know what I don't have the range in and I'm very comfortable saying, oh, I don't know enough about such and such topic. But when to you put that off on, on other it. people. But I think when it's when it's like almost weaponized, right. you know, like when you don't have the right or, or we're just using that to just be assholes. Very, very, very sensitive to that. I hate when it's it's condescending. I, you know what I mean? I want to very quickly shout out uh, two of my best friends, uh, EJ Cameron and Anton. Y'all know Anton. We all went to the same Anton. high school. EJ was my friend. He black. Well, they all black. EJ was my <laughs> friend that, you know, he was in the program with me before I left because I left the program. Like, I was just like, I'm not really fucking with this whole sense of... Um, because it was the district kids, which was the predominantly black, and then it was the magnet kids, which is how they were trying to bring in white folks. So it was it sucked seeing like being in the, the system and seeing like how it worked when students were auditioning, trying to get into the magnet program, uh, like, you know, coming out of middle school or, or sometimes they would even accept people like uh, sophomores and juniors from other schools. But it was annoying learning and kind of watching that they pretty much knew that they were getting talented white people. And then just kind of grabbing black folks to say that they allow black folks into their program, even though it's a black fucking school. So like black people. That's crazy. And it didn't fuck up their numbers because there were black people that were in district that would try for the magnet program and maybe two or three would be accepted at a time, if that. And I thought that that was so disrespectful that to the people that actually were in that community and grew up in that pipeline of the, that elementary, middle and now they're the high school and they can't reap the benefit of being in that program, that shit was so stupid to me. And I remember arguing with the teachers, like we had teachers that, and they were teaching art. When you're teaching art, like it's art, it's creativity. Like we're freeing like minds, but when you're stifling artists of color and like, I, I just remember, and I'm just gonna tell you all this. I remember a girl doing a monologue. She did something from the color purple. And this white man, I forgot what he even said to her. I just, it didn't sit well with me that he was critiquing her on a, on a, doing a scene from the Ooh, color purple. Lord. And I could, could tell, you imagine? and I could tell he was uncomfortable doing that because black people, thank the Lord Jesus, the kids are nosy. Like, cause kids be woke and you'd be like, where did you learn that? I just remember all the black students kind of looking at each other. Like, what is like, what is he doing? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> But and there were more than it was more than just me that was leaving the performing arts program. I just I couldn't it didn't sit well that it was such a community of cool ass like people and not that the people even matter. But like it's the community and you're denying them because of what? Because you want to say you have white people. Hello, this is the Grammys. These are the Oscars. Right. Like they literally were bringing (laughs) white people to the school to say that we have white people here. So give us some checks and. Those white people, they came from really good families. So those families are writing checks for this school, building wings, building art wings, new auditoriums. But like they say, fuck the football team because, you know, they black. Like and there are some schools that, you know, really hold their football team up high because they know that they're they're a type of black that can get them a type of check. But it, I just hated school for those reasons. Like seeing those and understanding those things happening while they were happening was really confusing to me because I was like, am I supposed to be aware of all this right now? Because <laughs> I don't want to be part. I, I don't want to like, can I just be homeschooled now? Like, I don't want to deal with the fact that these white teachers and you know that it's the white people because some of them teachers were, you know, 30 somethings just trying to figure it out. But then there are those older white people that have been in that system. They know how it's supposed to go and who to keep out of it. And I hate that part. Right. Yeah. And last thing, 
this is why my model of success is starting to shift, as I've mentioned in a couple, you know, a couple prior episodes, because I feel like the system as a whole is just fucked up. Mm-hmm. And as I keep climbing up, you know, uh, the people's the I guess the dominant perception of success, which is having money and a place, da da da, and I am feeling more and more disconnected to it because I feel like we're just upholding the same system. Yeah. And then because it's you, you make excuses on why it's okay (laughs) once you have the money and the access. And I just, I don't want that. That's why I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out like, what is the new system? And and Mm. how do I tap, how do I pour my energy more into the ecosystem as opposed to me being the new gatekeeper? I agree, friend. And I think it's just a part of you getting closer and closer to what your true vision for like fulfillment from your career is. Right. As time what goes that on. Looks like. Yeah, what it looks like. You know, you just defining what that looks like. Doing things on your terms, you know, defining those terms. That's all that is. And it's without a upholding definition. Yeah, and without upholding any of these systems as we as yep. we've seen that we've internalized it in ways that we may not even be aware of until someone calls us out and might be a blind spot or, you know, we're all learning and unlearning and unraveling. So I'm thankful that you guys had so much to say. This episode turned out exactly how I was hoping it did (laughs) very rich and full. And those of you listening, obviously we want to hear from you. What are the overt covert systemic and even, and maybe anti-blackness that you have held on to because you know we were born into the system or anti-blackness that you've experienced from your own communities we want to hear all of it leave us comments send us tweets you already know the deal emails the whole shebang and that's it for this week's hot button now let's bring in the wind chimes now this week's wellness is very short (laughs) because i we talked enough i want to make sure the guys have their segments but It's going to be a book club vibe. So the spirit of intimacy, ancient African teachings and the ways of relationships by Subon Fusome. I want us to talk about it. You have about a month before I produce another full episode. This is what it's going to be about. You have time to grab it. We're going to talk about it. I've already designed an episode around it because it's one of my favorite books. Uh, once again, the spirit of intimacy, ancient African teachings, and the ways of relationships by Sobon Fu Somay. That's S O B O N F U S O M E. Incredible book that I have pulled so many layers from that I think we can uh, have an incredible, really enriching conversation about, especially with the, these modern times. Dustin, you were going to say something? <laughs> No, I, I just want to be sure I heard the title right. That's all. What is what is the book called again? The Spirit of Intimacy. Okay. And then? <laughs> and then? I was waiting for him to go into me, I see. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was the spirit of intimacy. And then what follows that? Ancient African teachings in okay. the ways of relationships. You said ancient, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You That's thought I, I said ancient? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's my accent. (laughs) So it's like ain't shit African teachings, and but you you was in (laughs) sex, and you know we debunking some shit. I'm like, I'm sure most of you have read it because that was like required school reading for a lot of people. 
Um, but if you haven't, please go ahead and grab that. Like I said, I have a really, really great conversation that I've already designed for it. And I'm excited because, you know, I love y'all and I love digging in deep. We're going to be digging in deep the next couple weeks. So that's it. That's the wellness segment. And now it is time for Mr. Music Man. What you got for us? Like, are we about to do speed segments? Like, what are you doing? No, no, no. I was going to say, that was real short and cute, friend. How I... That was just mine because I felt like the hot button was super long and I want to make sure you guys... Hey, it was a good one. You know, whenever it's a good one, it's supposed to be. So, you know... True, true. We had a lot to say. Yes. Uh, Okay, well, welcome to the Music Man segment. It's your favorite Music Man, Asante. We up in this thing. We don't play. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to get down to business and brass tacks. Uh, I said I wanted to revisit the crime mob conversation that was occurring earlier. I am not condoning any of what has been going on or what's happened in the past. Right. I would just love to go on record and say when most people, and this wasn't a problem for me anyway, I just want to say this because I feel like it needs to be said. When most people talk about crime mob, they really only talk about Diamond and Princess. With this said, because I'm not saying to support, you know, the goings on. What I want to say is Diamond and Princess, y'all bitches lie. <laughs> Y'all said y'all was getting some some y'all was getting back in the studio. Music was coming, something was happening, and I know Diamond's getting tired because I saw under one of the comments she was like, "I don't condone this. Don't tag me in this no more." So I want to I want to shift this conversation because when a lot of people mention Crime Mob anyway, the only names that are mentioned are Diamond and Princess, and sometimes one of the other fellas. I want to stick to Diamond and Crime Mob because the fact that they have always been the highlight, I'm still patiently waiting. And I might be the only one, but it's me, so I'm going to tell you. I'm still patiently waiting for music. I don't care if it stems. I just want to know if there's still some magic there. Because I listened to y'all project. Y'all had a couple tracks on there that had opportunities. So, ladies, Diamond, Princess, y'all just need to keep working. Which is going to parlay (laughs) me into my next conversation. The way Princess' attitude was so hearty when we seen her backstage at Essence... They better have some more. Oh, well, they were sweethearts after that. Look, I know what you're talking about, but they were definitely. Her attitude was quite hainty when we ran into her at at Essence. I just want the record (laughs) to reflect that. Now, I want to, uh, I guess now it's a good opportunity to say City Girls dropped a project. Asante, no, you didn't change your name to Subon Fusome. (laughs) 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 Y'all are killing me with these names. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you could Changing your name on Zoom is the best this thing shit ever is to me. anybody Y'all look who's mad listening. Funny. Um, did you see what it was before? Yes. I okay. Did. <laughs> Terry Crews. <laughs> I just hope. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh yeah, City Girls dropped their project. Now is a good time to drop all this because these things all get compared any fucking way. So I want to drop them all with love. I don't want anybody to feel I didn't say something because I didn't want to put them together. I've always been one to say I like things when they're similar, and I like when people that are compared to each other work with each other to say, yeah, we're similar, but this is where we this is where we defer, or this is what we're both needed. This is both of our perspectives. With that said, because mm-hmm. um, I know people are going to be like, well, we already got City Girls. We don't need Diamond and Princess. Uh, I love City Girls. What? I mean, you know. I don't think nobody going to say there that. There are younger people that don't know what a Diamond or Princess is. So there are people that may say that. That's why I'm giving room for all these opinions, because it doesn't really matter who you don't want. There are people that are here and there are people that I feel like could still be here, or should still be here. And Diamond and Princess are two young ladies that I just feel like could still really be doing some shit. Um, and I moved on in the city girls to say that, you know, city girls, they dropped a new project. I listened to it. It was dope. I forgot about it because there's been other music I've listened to. I'm just talking fastly through them because we can come back right to them. I just want to get to this point really fast. Cause this is the entire point of why I'm talking. Gucci Mane 
Stop disappointing me. Uh-oh. Gucci Mane has signed, or there are two young ladies, and I'm assuming they're under Gucci Mane's imprint because they are starting off the video talking to Gucci Mane about how they get their new chains for 1017. Gucci Mane has a girl group. It's two young women. They call themselves So Icy Girls. Now, initially, I wasn't going to talk about this because um, I didn't talk about the young lady that came out before that everyone's comparing to Megan now because I saw that when it first like happened, and the girl looks exactly like Megan, spits like Megan. But she is from Houston, what? so there there could have potentially, and I said could have as in like past tense, there could have potentially been an opportunity there for some Houston sisterhood or whatever. But it's just too weird how similar you look. Like it, it's all like come back with a blonde wig and try again or something. I don't know. Just just try again. Just not looking exactly like her doing the dance. Like and it's not that it's Megan's, but it's what she's most notable for now. So it's Megan's. Um, back to so icy girls. There is a video on YouTube. I just want y'all to watch it so y'all can form your own opinion. But there's two young women. I don't know their names. They said it in the video, but I was so not here for it. Um, but they're so icy girls. Gucci Mane, I think this is his second, actually maybe fourth or fifth attempt of uh, signing some girls, some young women. I say the third or fourth attempt because I forgot he had uh, Asian Doll or Asian Debrat most recently. And before that, you know, back in the day, he had some girls. I just hate the fact that you're signing the So Icy Girls and they put out a, a, a track. It's called um, First Day Signed. And it's just so underwhelming. And it pissed me off because Gucci came out of nowhere and talked shit when JT was free. And he was saying how his first day out was so epic. And so for you to put these young women out here for this first day signed track to be so trash. Gucci Mane, I love you. So I say all this with love and you can hate me for it because, you know, I love you and Keisha to death. But I cannot accept what you're doing here. I cannot. I will not. <laughs> so Icy Girls, maybe there's something there and I'm missing it. You have a lot of work to do. Prove me wrong, please. Do it. I just really <laughs> want to make sure I touch on all those points very carefully. <laughs> With that said, y'all can give opinions so we can go right into um, listens lately because that was everything. I'm just so happy that I hit it all. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, you want to go? You want to add something? Well, I... No, I just I got, I was in Atlanta this weekend with my friends, so needless to say, I know the City Girls album from front to back now, and um, I love it. You know, I always was a fan of their music, like from day one. They've disappointed me along the way with some of their statements and shit, but did the does the music bang? Absolutely, yes. So that's it. And also shout out to Young Dolph. Dolph actually has oh, a really dope song with Megan Thee Stallion out. Um, Dolph got a whole bunch of new shit out that's dope. Dolph so shout out to Young board. Dolph. But I like to see the girls Hort. album and I really like the, the the last song when they be like, nigga, you ain't saying nothing. <laughs> I get it out the muscle. That's the shit. I love I love it when they talk their shit like just about the struggle. Yeah. You know. I love good I, So I like the City Girls. I love good work. You know what I'm saying? And I and the City Girls, they put out really, really good work. And I think they have a good team. You know, they make them way, they, you know, give them some good writers. Now What's your favorite where line? Where have I heard that before? Uh, uh. I get it out the muscle. Hey, yeah, I'm talking uh-huh, about oof, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oof, 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 oof. Hey, shout out to Jason Derulo. I was going to say, if we're not talking about Chingy, we talking about she Jason say, Derulo. Where did I get that before? Where did I hear that before? If we're not talking A about... pioneer. Jeez Louise. So, yeah. City Girls is my favorite oof, line. Oof, my favorite oof, line on the album oof. is when Carisha be like, uh, it's Young 305, ready to knock a bitch out her slides. That's my <laughs> Yo, Miami and not a bitch. a bitch out her slides. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
I do have a couple of hot takes that I would like to say. And then because we're talking about girl groups, I guess this one could apply here. Girl groups need to stay together and do solo stuff. I'm here for both. I say this because the Asians, like K-pop and all that, the girls get it in. There be 10, 15 girls in a group and they still be putting out these solo projects like they just not the same thing. So artists. That's dope. So JT and Carisha, I love y'all together. Never part. I know very, very early on people was hoping y'all break up and it would just be one of y'all. But now I love that there's respect amongst the two of you. So I would love for y'all to continue to do music together. And I don't mind y'all both going like doing solo stuff here and there, like the same way that Migos was doing. So it's going to look like it's in the vein of Migos. But my inspiration was K-pop. But I'm just here for groups that can put stuff out separately, but still say like, we're so talented together. So like, you know, we know that we're our own personal talent, but cause like us on the friend zone, we all do our separate stuff outside of it, but we know how great we are together. I just want to keep that camaraderie and that love and relationships. Shout out to Chloe and Hallie too. They've been performing all over the place. Love, love, love everything. Nailing those girls it. Are doing. What a great album. And the last thing I want to say is. And the fact that these visuals are from their like backyard. Backyard. And I'm like, what? Game changing. They said, not only are we not getting the corona, but we going to help y'all through it. And I love them for it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I'm looking at, like, the, them drone shots and aerials and they putting shit up, like... And uh, the lights. The light shows. All crazy. of the lights. Oh, love it. Um, The last... Beyonce about to come out with that album or that movie, Bernice A. King. Or, what is it called? No, you did not. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did you go? <laughs> Why? Did, never mind. Um, The last thing I'm going to say... you better not change your Zoom name to Bernice A. King. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing i'm gonna say and then we can we're getting the listens lately for real um and actually maybe we can talk about this a little bit i think that missy elliott just needs to like i don't know how it needs to happen or what needs to happen we need to crown her <laughs> watching him <laughs> watching him make As the he move types it out. <laughs> Ooh. um i would love <laughs> Uh, we, we always talk about gatekeepers and I would love if there was like a ceremony where we would crown certain gatekeepers and give them rights to something. Because I feel like there's like an unspoken or like there's this thread that we all kind of just get into anyway where we, where we know who holds true as legends and respectable and all that. But I would love for a ceremony to happen where we crown Missy Elliott like, like you know, in ballroom, they'd be like, who's in charge of the girls? Like Missy Elliott is in charge of the girls. Like she just needs to be crowned. <laughs> In charge of the girls. She's always done great work with girl groups, uh, solo artists, her own shit, uh, killing niggas on their own shit. Like, I just would love for Missy to have <clears throat> an imprint full of women, R&B girls, rap girls, everybody. And, you know, do like a Missy Elliott art house or something. Like, like a, the house of Elliott. Like, like a collective. Yes. I like it. I would just love that so much because Missy has always had so much to offer from her damn self and with everybody she's worked with. And I'm salivating talking about it. So, like... You heard it here first. Y'all, like, Missy... Like, I just feel like... Like, just think about what she just put out with those four songs. She had an R&B chick. Like, I love, love, love that song. And I just love the fact that Missy always has an R&B chick or a group. And then she's still rapping her ass off and then doing features with, you know, hip-hop. Like, with hip-hop, with rappers. Like... Missy's just my all-encompassing everything. So shout out to yeah, Missy. Truly. We need the ceremony. Flowers while you're still here. Yes, we love you. All of them. All of them. So yeah, now we can really get into the listens lately. I just have Because that little Richard tribute broke my heart. I didn't watch. 
I, and, I, and I love, love, love Wayne Brady. I've always said I want him to be my mentor. That broke my heart. That's all I'm going to say. We didn't even talk about the BT well, Awards. Well, I, 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 I guess we're going to say that for <laughs> TV Lane. No, we not. Oh, well, <laughs> no, we not. Well, now we're about to get into listens lately. So <laughs> um, I would love for you all to tell me what you have been listening to lately. Fran, I know you keep a jam over there. You know it. How we jamming over there. How we vibing. So our, our favorite, Etta Bond, Ooh. put out an EP called Two Meters Apart. A social distancing <laughs> EP, if you will. And she has a song called Break My Quarantine. That Ooh. I think everyone should send to Ooh. their crush. I tweeted Ooh. that too. When she responded, I was like, oh shit, hey girl. <laughs> <laughs> but Etta Bond, Break My Quarantine from her Two Meters Apart EP. And this is how it goes. When this is over, can you break my quarantine? I want to give a shout out to is Ro James who dropped Ooh. his Mantic album. I love. You, I like Ro the James. word play there. Mantic, <clears throat> Ro, <Touchy> Mantic. <laughs> yeah, I love, love it. Love that. So he has a song called Rain that I have had on repeat this week, and this is how it goes. James. 
Listen, that whole project is crazy. But I mean, I, I didn't Ro doubt James. it. It's Ro James. My shit is touchy feely. I love <laughs> Ro James. El Dorado, Mantic. I, I mean, love Ro James. That's all. I that's got it, to right? Say. Every time. I love Ro James. The end. So those are my two. Shout out to Etta Bond. Shout out to Ro James. Y'all got us quarantining right down <laughs> on me. <laughs> yes. What about you, Dustin Ross? What you been over there bumping through your speakers or your airports or your headphones? I've been banging that too by um by Ro James, the Mantic album. My song is mm -hmm. Touchy Feely. That's Ooh. my shit. Um mm -hmm. but you brought up Gucci Mane and I haven't been able to stop playing this song or video for the past like two weeks. So this is both sides by Gucci Ooh. Mane and Lil Baby. It ain't my business, it ain't my beef, I ain't on no side Y'all got, 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 we got, but we on post eyes Look, you poppin' like a giant, he just four five Told him hit him in the leg and make them your size Deep don't end up, they keep on playing both sides Deep don't end up, they keep on playing both sides They gon' need a lot of black suits, a bunch of bow ties They gon' need a lot of black suits, a bunch of bow ties I made it from the streets, it ain't no mercy on these streets It's hot as mercury, these boys up you on these streets Deep double then so quick to jump at the sheets Got slick compete when I ain't even competing You talk behind my back, no need to doubt me when you see me Cause I ain't gon' shed no tear when they pick you up off the cement A real boy, I make it flooding in the season While rappers going broke and blank Corona as the reason I show some So you know, give you a little taste, just a little taste a Little Gucci Man and Little Baby, both sides That's also really good on the go music So if you walking somewhere, if you got somewhere to be You know, if you gotta walk in and see a bitch you can't stand At a baby shower you gotta no, go to for your cousin <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Whatever the case, like that music just gets you in the mindset you need to be in to go in that room and walk in the room and own it. Okay? <laughs> so that's Both Sides by Gucci Man and Lil Baby. Well, keeping it in the spirit of ATL, Black <laughs> released his six-piece hot EP. <gasps> yes, I forgot. He sure did. Shout out to Black. I know we just got fit. Like Some of these artists, when they do music... I just can't help but listen. Um, Black is one of them. He dropped like immediately, like, like he's every the, time. I'm listening at midnight, artist. Yeah, right. He was tweeting out about the the EP and how he was dropping it. And Loki, I want the hot sauce. Well, high key actually. Oh damn, I probably could get some. Um, yeah, I want the hot sauce. Anyway, six <laughs> tracks. Um, Lil Baby is the only feature on the project. I love all of them. The last song on the project is called Outside. I was playing that while I was outside yesterday because, you know, I had to go outside. You know, you guys do. Um, but I'm going to play all the snippet from ATL Freestyle because, you know. Love this. ATL, love, you know, forever I love Atlanta. That's just who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. So don't judge me. Well, you could judge me. I'm really <laughs> not going to give a fuck. If y'all cancel Atlanta, then that means that you're going to cancel me. And I feel like one day Atlanta will get canceled because it's been... <laughs> Not the whole city. <laughs> I mean, we are, people are always bringing up old shit. And Atlanta has, had, some shit has been done in the A. So I will say that. It needs to be <laughs> like a what happens in Atlanta stays in Atlanta type deal. But you just don't know with social media, with the way things are going. Not they're going to get, not they're going to get Atlantled. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, here's the freestyle.
scratch on your ass I get rid of bad friends like a dump truck Everything I've been through is everything I am What the fuck you think this is? Think I looked up Still down on earth, never stuck up Reading all my extra weight like a thumb tuck I sacrifice most of my time so my daughter can take vacations and bum fuck That's all I'm gonna get y'all It's a good ass song and if you wasn't feeling that then I can't help you but I love everything that Black does. Dump truck. At least, I like the cover. I like the cover too. The love cover it. art with the girl is super dope. Yes. Also, shout out to Black. Shout out to Quinn. Also, Quinn. On the, he on that. There's a line in there. He's like, "It's six o'clock. It's time for Great Street to Rock." I miss Atlanta so much just for all the little radio shit. Like all the people, Greg Street, all the people that do radio in the South. Like you need to know that you are like heralded. So people that are listening, we're not only just paying attention to your programming, but we're buying into your personality. Like shout to, damn, oh my God. I cannot believe I'm blanking right now. But like there are so many like radio people that have just kind of gone and we're like, what's going on? Or like where are they at? Shout out to Miss Sophia. Yeah, shout out to Miss Sophia. I was trying to remember um who was on Sister Circle? Oh, um, 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 um Rashawn, Rashawn Ali. Ali. I cannot believe There's I was blanking here. Fran <laughs> laughing at me trying I to was kill this. Trying to not. But you are. <laughs> I got that bitch too. He hit the <laughs> shit out of that fly boy. <laughs> That towel said snap. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to shout out all the radio personalities down there that have come and gone and come back because y'all are the shit. Y'all have made my life. And that's pretty much does it for the music band segment. Now we can take it to TV land so we can continue to watch Dustin swipe. Dustin, what you, you know been watching? You know what? I got something different for y'all this week for TV land because nothing's on TV. You know, nothing's really going on. Besides, I May Destroy You, which is still amazing. Yes. Still check that out on and HBO. Kayla Cole, shout out to you. But, and also the season finale of T.I. and uh, Tiny Friends and Family Hustle, which a lot of you guys have been tweeting that you actually gave a chance since you heard me talk about it. And you see that it really is a feel-good show and not in like no corny, let's be positive way. It's just actually just enjoyable. But anyway, this week, I'm speaking of positive, I'm going to switch up the vibe a little bit and congratulate NeNe Leaks. I have something good to say about NeNe this wow. week, y'all. Thanks, NeNe Leaks. Yep. Because all I've ever wanted, I've been very clear that I always spoke from a place of hurt as a fan of Nene. Always been clear about that. And so when she wins or when she does things that deserve to be lauded, that is what I will always do. And it was announced this week that she co-hosted the Critics' Choice Real TV Awards from home, which is like a a new, it's the second uh, year that they've done it, but it's uh, an award ceremony for reality TV shows uh, put on by the Critics' Choice Association. So that was good. She hosted it from her own studio. She's created these studios since everybody has to promote, uh, produce this content remotely or whatever. I think she's about to, she alluded to opening um, a string of studios called In Studio, the letter N and then the word studio. Oh, which that's was smart. Smart to me. Um, so she's going to be producing content and I guess offering up those spaces for people to use them for production. And then it also was announced by E that Homegirl has a show in development with her former co-host of Fashion Police, Brad. Uh, I can't remember how to say his last name, but it starts with a G. And 
they're going to co-host a new show called Glam Squad Showdown where these glam squads compete for all this shit and they have celebrities come in every week and all this stuff. But it's NeNe occupying the space of <laughs> being a host or a personality and, and working, doing something other than bitching about, you know, somebody else getting an opportunity or, or talking shit about the, being mean to the other housewives. This is NeNe actually doing something good and we get to see her... Um, you know, just be just progress. It just is good to see. So shout out to Nene Leaks for the new developments that she has coming up that are good. Okay. Love to see it. Okay, Nene. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. So this was a great episode, guys. Thank you for the Thank topic, you. friend. It was. Thank you, friend. Was Thank you, guys. Amazing. I feel lighter. That was amazing. Right? Y'all some lovely good. niggas. <laughs> And on that note, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to us. And we will catch you guys next week. Stay a lovely nigga and protect your magic. (laughs) Bye.